What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Brutally Speaking Livecast series. This episode's guests are Grayson and Joe from Lightworker. I uh, had a lot of fun talking to these two dudes. Uh, we talked about our top five records of 2020. I kind of wish we would have waited about another week to do this because in that time, Dan and I have been fortunate enough to get a couple more records that I think uh, are honestly going to sneak into my albums of the year. Um, you know, we kind of talked about the new hate breed record and we definitely talked about the dark tranquility record. Cause that was in Dan's top five spoilers. And it was a thing where I was like, I wasn't going to use records that we get to have a month before anyone else gets to hear them on my top list. Because I don't know, that just feels like kind of like cheating. Um, since we recorded this and since I'm now recording this, I've had the new killer be killed record for about a week or so now. And I honestly think that's going to sneak into my albums of the year. Um, I don't know where I, I don't really like assigning numbers either. I just like putting like, here's my 10. Um, but it's a thing where there's, there's so much good music and I, you know, we all did kind of a good job of kind of branching out away from just metal or hardcore. Um, but sometimes I feel like, you know, if, you know, I've been making the comment, if I actually did a true albums of the year, my album of the year probably would be Crazy Sexy Cool by TLC because I've been listening to that record nonstop for the last four or five months. So honestly, by traditional standards of what is your album of the year, that would be it based on how much I've listened to it. Now, there's obviously been a lot of cool stuff and a lot of cool stuff you'll hear on this uh, chat with the Lightworker dudes, but um, these are always kind of sketchy to do because uh inevitably you know someone's gonna mention something that maybe you forgot or you didn't check out or or whatever and then you're like ah fuck uh i guess you know this is kind of where we're you know where i'm at and i totally miss this and maybe you don't agree so i always feel like you know these these top lists of whatever uh will spark a lot of uh debate so um without further ado this is our conversation with joe and grayson of lightworker and this is us talking about our top five albums each of 2020 as well as some uh, honorable mentions talk to you guys on sunday when we drop our episode with frank from hate breed talk to you then i love that first record um just a bunch of like i don't know if we would necessarily i, I don't want to be rude but like the bands that were really known for for a song you know and yeah. uh you know One like, wonders yeah I mean, yeah, they're called I, that for a reason, indirectly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just didn't want to say that because, but like, I don't, I don't know. But uh, I'm trying to be. <laughs> By the way, we are we are live as of one second ago. Live right. from the funeral of God. Live. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't do those vocals anymore. I have to leave leave all that stuff to Joe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, but yeah, like I I there was a lot of bands like Course of Nature was another one that. I, I really dug growing up and just like they had like a lot of beefy riffs, but like with, you know, melodic vocals. I mean, the, that Revis song caught in the rain is I mean, some of those riffs are just beefy and Dude, the, their guitar tone as a whole, like the production on that record, obviously, with it being done by and I'm totally blanking now that I'm on the spot, but um, I think it was Brendan O'Brien. I think did that. Um, but yeah, like that for a while, like I was always like, I just want like the clarity and the heaviness of that record. Yeah, but I want it to also have the pop hooks that kind of come out of for their choruses and stuff. And just like how every you feel like that was a record that definitely every every part of it was 
like written specifically like it had been through the through the uh, songwriting machine several times over oh, yeah. because like there's not really any part of any song on that record where you're like eh, that part kind of hung around a little too long and there's yeah. always a great payoff for almost everything they do so yeah they, it, w- it was a fantastic alternative rock record and actually i've been kind of a in a Foo Fighters binge within the last like 48 hours or so. And, you know, the anniversary of the first record. Yep. Nice. And, you know, just hear the production from, in my opinion, the late nineties, early two thousands was like the perfect time for music production because technology was just good enough to the point where you, you it was nice and polished, but mm-hmm. you also still had to know how to sing and play your instrument. And, um, you know, uh, yeah, all my favorite records, I was listening to bleed American about an hour or two ago and I was, uh, you know, by Jimmy world. And I was like, this product is just perfect. You, you actually feel like, especially if you're blasting it in your car, you feel like the drummer is in the room with you and it's not sampled to hell. It's not, you know, it's just, it's, it's real. So but anyway, Absolutely. yeah, no, the and the, the LP version of that is sounds really, really, really good too. Like even even better, even better than the CD. I actually, whenever whenever I picked up that LP, I actually got that LP for like eight bucks at a at a record store, nice. and um, I was completely blown away by it because I like I didn't know because you know how like the bigger labels have been like just basically just crapping out vinyl versions of of popular albums. So like if you go to Target or something and buy Nevermind on vinyl, like it's gonna sound like at best it's gonna sound like the CD. it's gonna sound like the cd you know uh or yeah. worse or just sound like the spotify <laughs> version or something you know yeah uh so that yeah it's I, I was pretty blown away by how good that actually sounded that like a lot of care actually went into that into that release um yeah. and i got it for like basically next to nothing so <laughs> it, it worked out really well but uh to keep this uh keep this is in some semblance of a podcast uh we are <laughs> Obviously, uh, we are the Brutally Speaking Podcast. Uh, with me is John Beatty, and uh, also joining us tonight are Joe and Grayson from the band Lightworker. And uh, we are going to talk about some records that have come out in 2020 that we like, because 2020 is a lot of negativity. There's a lot of negative crap that we could talk about tonight, but uh, we want to talk about things that bring us uh, bring us some some level of happiness. Um, some of my picks, you may actually think that I'm not trying to be happy or positive, but I promise you <laughs> that is that is that is what we're going for. So uh, yeah, so we're gonna do our top five albums of 2020, and we'll just uh, we'll just go around the table, kind of, and um, they don't have to be in any particular order. Um, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, we don't overlap. If we do. I don't care. I'm just going to talk about the record again as if nobody else said anything. Well, I mean, that, if, it, that, if that does happen, that's pretty much a great example of why it's an album of the year. Absolutely. It's very true. Or it's yeah. great minds think alike. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have like a whole freaking list here of like 35 records. So I, I, I'm ready to go. Like, yeah, I can just pick from that little jar. So, well, the good news is, is I'm sure we'll do honorable mentions uh, <laughs> at the end. Yeah, so I was going to, I was going to say I'm the opposite. I'm the opposite. Joe is very prepared. I am not prepared. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> it's all good, we've man. Been, I don't prepare for any of these. So we're good. We've been very, uh, we've been very preoccupied in the light worker camp. And uh, a lot of it, 
a lot of the technical stuff. You see, the thing that people need to realize about Lightworker is that there's a dude named Grayson in the band. And then beyond that, Grayson is a genius. And he does a lot of stuff that is really cool for the band. And so he, he definitely hands his hand, hands like in, in a lot of things. So that's a good thing. Like even among the pandemic, we've still been able to be busy. So, <laughs> so but, in, other, in other words, if I were prepared, we, we'd be worried. Because yeah. I don't have enough work to do. Exactly. <laughs> What do, you guys, uh, what do you guys want to talk about? I heard you guys were having a chat tonight. <laughs> yeah. I need something to do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, That's cool. Well, I guess we'll start. Uh, where do we want to start? Let's start with Grayson. Uh, what oh, is one of your... Yeah, that's right. I, I just picked a guy that just told me he was the least prepared. <laughs> awesome. So I just right, felt well, like that'd uh, be a good way to break the ice, you know? In that case... Okay, nope. now I'm a little bit more prepared. Um, so, I mean, to, to be honest, uh, I mean, of course, like we're right now, we're going to go off of albums that have come out so far. There, there are albums that I know that have come out that I'll probably make, for example, like a top 10 of mine this year that I just have not even gotten to listening to even ones where it's like, okay, I said, I'm going to order the vinyl. I'm going to wait for the vinyl to get here. And of course, because of everything going on this year, uh, shipments have been a little delayed, but it's at the point where even like after I get them a month late, it's two months later and I still haven't listened to them. So I'm going to go off what I know. Uh, all right. So one album that I'll actually mention is monomania from the world alive. Um, I was pleasantly surprised at how much I liked that record. Um, I really liked the one that they did two times before I, I to be honest, wasn't as much of a fan as uh, the one before this, but um, I think that they're, I think Joe and you and I've talked about a little bit, but I think that they're one of those bands that like started out as more so of like that very heavy, you know, even shreddy, like kind of like metalcore style band who have transitioned a little bit into, you know, more of like the hard rock or even borderline. I don't want to say active rock, but you, you know what I mean? It's like they kind of transitioned to like uh, doing more of these rock based uh, records or hard rock based records. But I think that like in this album, I believe is, is a um, kind of shows it like they've actually done a pretty good job of it. Um, I think the whole record is full of songs that are fairly catchy that I big key is like, don't cringe over, you know, cause sometimes you get cheesy catchy and that's not really my thing, but you know, there are a couple of songs in there that I can really sink into. And so that's why I got the record. I'm like, I'm totally up for listening to that record all the way through. So, yeah. What's funny about that, uh, just to add to that, <clears throat> was the way that even came into our radar, I will take credit for it because of the fact that, <laughs> because of the fact that, like, you know, honestly, the Word of Life typically isn't kind of my cup of tea, you know? Uh, they're, they're a great live band. I've seen them live they, uh, a few times, but they've just never, uh, until this record, and I, it was, it was interesting. I was just kind of like, whoa. And I told Grayson, I was like, dude, you got to check out the new record. And he was like, wait, you like it? And I was like, yeah. And he was just <laughs> like, no. Okay. I got to listen to it now. And well, so. Well, yeah. for the record, really quick, like for the record, like I, the, the thing is like, Joe will mention something new just dropped before I have a time to wake up. 
So like I, w- I was going to listen to it before he told me, but it's just like, there always comes like, for example, the new bring me the horizon album got announced today. And before I could tell Joe, he's like, yeah, I saw it. It gets annoying sometimes. Like, dude, can I please like show you something cool without you already know about it? Like just turn off your feed for like 10 minutes so I can find out something before you do. <laughs> uh, I do sometimes wonder if Joe's always like 24 seven sitting in a dark room with like 19 screens open to different pages because literally half the time I'm about to type anything or share anything. I get a notification and it's all like <laughs> Joe Calderon has posted in <laughs> such and such group. And I'm like, <laughs> All right. Well, I ain't got to worry about it. <laughs> I'm good. Dude. Uh, sounds about right. Yeah. I just have fast internet. He's well connected. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, let's, uh, let's jump it over to John. What do you got, man? I'm going to go with. Oh, of course. Code orange <laughs> underneath. This is, uh, I mean, Dan and them just did a discography discussion on them, which I think pretty much summarizes, if you're a fan of the band, why. Um, this record came out, and, you know, seeing the the videos come out for it right away, and the thing that, like, I still remember, like, getting kind of chills, like, when Jamie wasn't behind the kid anymore, and he's now the front man, and you're like, whoa, what the fuck? Like, perfect example of how this band just always keeps you guessing as to what they're going to do you think you might have an idea, like, especially like, you know, with the last, uh, the record before this, uh, forever, not forever. Um, yeah, so, forever. No, it was forever. Sorry. Yeah. Um, they just announced, uh, they just announced some new shit. Uh, that's, I guess, dropping on Friday, I think. Um, so I'm not sure if it's a EP or what it is, but again, cause you don't know, they did a unplug series or an unplug show a couple of weeks ago or a month ago or whatever. That was interesting. Pulling out an Alice in Chains cover. Then, you know, they go, industrial and all that shit they do remixes they do fun things for their fans where you know they give away flash drives with stuff on it that's exclusive and you have to solve puzzles and shit to get it they basically are finding a way to keep things interesting and and always a step ahead it seems when a lot of bands are content just to play it safe so new code orange newest code orange i should say they they definitely um branched out and uh, i mean and that's like stating it lightly you know, um, like you said, they're very unpredictable, and uh, I I have a lot of admiration for that. Um, and uh, I, I I'm interested in where they're going, and I I definitely admire their uh, their ability to just go into the unknown and making making it happen. So yeah, that's cool. Plus, they might have had the. I mean, they basically were one of the first that came up with the live stream, more or less. When everyone else yeah. is like, now what the fuck do we do? They're like, we're doing a live stream. We're playing the show, our CD, our album release show like we were supposed to. We're just playing in an empty venue. And at that point, I think collectively, everyone was just like, wait, you can do that? <laughs> <laughs> and now it's what everyone's doing. It's what every band is doing to, to basically of a certain level to kind of stay afloat. So to me, I, I mean, again, keep you on your toes and they just find new ways to interact with their fans and not, uh, you know, just do the same tired shit that we just constantly see. Well, Joe, what do you got? So in that, in the spirit of that, um, (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, for me, it would be the new, uh, the ocean album. Um, it's, uh, you know, I, I think on the, on the other end of things, they, they also do keep their listeners on their toes. They never really 
you could tell it's the ocean, but like Robin and, and, and company, they're always thinking of new concepts. And then if you're into collecting physical copies like I am, I mean, they just bring it to the next level where, you know, they have die cut stuff They're The vinyl is, you know, like crazy colors and, um, you know, they always have like a bonus song on the vinyl and, uh, they just, they, they go to great lengths to make it. So it's not just an album that you listen to, but it's an entire experience. And, um, the, the new album, uh, uh, Phenerozoic two, Mesozoic one, Cenozoic. That's. <laughs> let me yeah. let me write that down. Can you spell that for me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Sorry, you're trailing off there, and I thought I called a niner at the end. <laughs> yeah, <Right>? Exactly. <laughs> but it's. I mean, I, it's funny because I I posted something a while back where I said the ocean is basically what thrice would have been if they decided to like have remained heavy. And they mixed like the Vesu elements with uh, artists in the ambulance where they still have that proggy stuff, but it's still heavy and um, interesting. And, and uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a great record. I, I can't wait. It's it, the last few days have been like summer here. So it's been <laughs> kind of interesting, but um, I can't wait until it starts to get foggy and colder. That way I can just really sink into it just based off of the vibes of, of the record. But yeah. That would be awesome. mine. Oh, is it my turn? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. All right. All right. Uh, so mine is um, my 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 pick is actually you know about my favorite season, which is fall, um, and it would ha- definitely have to be the Acacia Strains uh, "Slow Decay" album. Mm. Um, it's just, I mean, it's the Acacia Strain. You know what you're getting into. Um, yeah, John, it did come out in 2020. I checked. Um, no, that's it's raising a question for something else. Uh, okay. <laughs> cool, cool. Why did you say that you hated it on discography discussion? No, um, it's definitely been. Oh huh? yeah, you were. I know. <laughs> um, so what are you talking about, man? But uh, yeah, that record is like in case you're strained. You know, they're kind of a band that's kind of known for just doing one thing, um, and doing it very, very, very well. Um, but before they released this record, they actually released an EP, uh, which was a little bit more experimental, even dare I say a hair melodic. And, um, I kind yeah, we know John, did I just, well, no, I I double just up it came you? out last year? No, it just came out last year. So that's why I was like, fuck, I gotta get something different. Yep. Ah, you lose EPs suck. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, like. I like that they were more experimental on the EP and and more melodic, but at the same time, I kind of expect a certain level of intensity from the Acacia Strain. Um, and since I know that they exclusively make music just for me, um, they were really nice. They, they were nice <laughs> enough to put out Slow Decay, which was uh, a little. It has a little bit of that experimentation. Some of the more epic songs um, carry over kind of from the EP, but they are still just in your face, balls to the wall, Acacia Strain. Um, while mixing in a little bit of better elements. And I don't know, I just, I really, really, really like how it all came together because they're a band that I definitely would not have ever pegged as being a band that like had kind of more ethereal vibes (laughs) to their music. And, uh, but no, they absolutely just blew it out of the water. Um, yeah, so slow decay is 
it's a it's it's quite the banger but also you know kind of makes you think a little bit i'm trying to be super cerebral i'm just a dude that loves like super sick breakdowns and that's <laughs> there you go that's pretty much that's pretty much what the acacia strain is all the time so it was cool that i was like yeah i think it's cool that you guys did this experimental thing you know over here with this ep like i can appreciate that and then whenever they came out with the full length they still um they still 100% brought it while still kind of keeping some of that from the EP. And as I frequently say on discography discussion for a lot of these bands, I'm only here for Godzilla. And if uh, Godzilla doesn't show up, then, uh, then I'm disappointed, but Godzilla definitely, definitely showed up. We Grayson and I have a, a way of like describing just like completely brutal songs that we just say it's ignorantly heavy. Yep. Ignorantly heavy. Like just like just it just just destroy stuff. You know what I mean? Yep. Like no. <laughs> didn't Absolutely. uh didn't that album chart really well too? Um I don't really pay attention to that kind of stuff, but I think it actually did chart really well. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing uh seeing a post from uh uh I forgot who it was, but I remember seeing seeing a post and uh, which I'm I'm stoked for those guys. Those guys are awesome. Like they're just honestly some of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. You know that so. the guitarist from the Acacia Strain actually uh, did the intro of music for Brutally Speaking. Really? Yeah, that's his. Uh, that's his. Uh, that's his intro. It was Devin or, or, or uh, Tom. Tom. Tom? Tom did it. Yeah. Nice. That's yeah. cool. Huh. Good deal. Yeah. John was just like, "Hey, you got any extra riffs like laying around? You want to just like, <laughs> grab one and throw it out there?" And what he what he ended up sending us was just disgustingly heavy. You know, <laughs> and we were like, "Yep, yep, yep, that's what we want." It, 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 it just that riff alone puts the brutal and brutally speaking. But, nice, that's yeah. awesome. Oh, so we are back to Grayson. Oh man, we're back to me. Okay. Um. All right. Well, um, I will say uh, Guardians by August Burns Red um, is is my next one. Um, to be like, actually, funny enough, I mean, this is like over a decade ago, but Joe is actually the one who introduced me to August Burns Red like a long time ago. And I remember, of course, like, you know, kind of dove back into things like Thrill Seeker. And, and then uh, I think at that time, messengers was already out and then constellations came out and that kind of was just like all right this is my favorite it still is my favorite abr record to date but um i kind of lost i don't know if i lost track or interest but i kind of fizzled out of abr from like level leveler to uh like rescue in a store and like found in faraway places but i think when phantom anthem came out i kind of like perked up a little bit like oh like yeah. Okay, you know, and then when this album came out, I was like, ooh, all right. Like, to me, this Guardians is probably, I don't know how many people are going to mad about this, but Guardians is probably my second favorite ABR record, to be honest. And and it's hard to say, like, some of it's time and place. Like, when you hear something like Messengers and, and um, Constellations back in the day, it's like my mindset as a listener and a, as a musician was completely different. So... Yeah. Part of it, I feel like, is the times, but I think Guardians was just there's a lot of stuff on that record that, of course, there's a lot of heaviness, but there's certain melodic aspects that I feel like 
they tapped into in a special way that they hadn't really done since constellations like melodically i don't think it's the same at all but just like there's a certain level of of almost like melodic maturity that i feel like they tapped into in songs on this record that kind of just got me yeah i totally get what you're saying too about you know like kind of august burns red was a band that was always so constantly putting out records that like you could go take a nap and wake up and there's three more august burns red records <laughs> like they just um, and whenever we went through the discography uh, for the for the discography discussion episode, we, you know, it was hard kind of um, realizing that the band did change because I think initially, you know, you listen to their stuff and you're like, well, this all sounds the same. They've they've kind of sounded the same since uh, since Constellations, you know, that like they, they, they kind of found a formula and went with it. And they're a band that put out so many releases and that the change is extremely gradual that if you jump off board for two or three records and come back, that's whenever you start finding stuff that's kind of new and, and mm-hmm. a little bit more, a little bit more interesting. It's not that they're not like a hundred percent, like technically proficient. They're one of the most technically proficient bands I've ever heard. Um, yeah, but yeah, like, yep. The changes, uh, the changes though, don't become, you know, totally apparent unless, yeah, like you said, you just kind of jump off and then jump back on. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's a great record. And oh, by the way, um, how they pressed the the vinyl on that record is crazy. Because Joe, what did they do? Didn't they they press it at half speed, right? Yeah, they did a half speed master, and um, yeah. like paid extra to do that. Like I, I was nosy, and I went around and figured out how much that would cost, and uh, it's 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 pricey, um, and. <laughs> But um, I, you know, I listened to it uh, on my record player and I was just kind of like, this is one of the best sounding records I've ever heard. But just sonically, you know, like uh, and, and the record itself is great, but just like in terms of like pure uh, snobby audiophileness, <laughs> I, I, think, I think you wouldn't know anything about that, right? No, not at all. <laughs> yeah. What does that word even mean? Uh you know, I, I thought about actually pulling out my Crosley Cruiser, Cruiser uh, record player just to watch Joe throw up on the, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's rough. <laughs> did I did I send you the video of me putting the Zayo Blood and Fire record on that? I, I don't yeah, for I fun. That yeah, you did. Yeah. That was yeah, funny. Absolutely. It was like playing the record at like half speed. Like it was, <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's how you cheaply play a record at half speed. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go to Target, spend the thirty bucks, <laughs> Boom. get it home. Yep. Oh man, John, what do you got? What's your next one? We go with End Splendors from an Ever Changing Face. Mm. Oh, so good. <laughs> it's that, that's brutal. I mean, I don't know if you. I think I need a new pair of pants after that. Sorry. <laughs> It's just one of those that it it just scratches like pretty much every itch. Uh, you know, I think the funny and interesting thing, like you know, talking to Brandon and you know Greg and everybody else, um, you know, with Greg and Will and everyone being older than Brandon, like you know, like they're bringing in older hardcore influences and and ideas and so forth. And you got Brandon who's like big into like you know early you know metalcore and stuff like that. You know, like early it dies today and so forth. So you're kind of getting just just this hodgepodge of all things great and heavy and at times some of the those styles you would think would kind of clash because they didn't 
shouldn't go together, but they do in a really new and interesting way. And a lot of times, you know, you hear these things like super groups uh, get, get thrown around and it doesn't live up to the expectation of the pedigree of the band. And this is one that I think came out of nowhere was fucking awesome. And then somehow even got better on a, a full record. Yeah. So. I, I completely agree. Um, I think the ad- addition of Billy Reimer, uh, oh, well, yeah. escape plan <laughs> is just like, I mean, like they were already just like awesome. I mean, like I, it's funny. I, I'm very choosy when it comes to hardcore, but I love a lot of metallic hardcore stuff. And, um, you know, like I would, uh, I think they, they, uh, the end toured or just did like a few one-off shows with, with Advent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I wish I lived in the South. The South gets all the good shows because all the bands are from there. So it's <laughs> like, so uh, I was just like, oh man, I would, I mean, like, I don't think anybody made it out alive from that show. That's what legend has, like, has said. One of my favorite sets I've ever seen from those like St. Vitus live things from, wasn't Krang, but I forget who it is. But uh, their set actually opening for Ho- uh, Hope's Ball. No, it was correct. Oh, yeah. yeah. Was it correct? Okay. Yeah, it yeah. was. That uh, that end set where basically they play the entirety of their EP, it's one of the most, like, usually a band like that doesn't come across, like, just the intensity. Like, you can't usually match the intensity of the record. But that was one where watching that thing, and I know Dan and I have talked about it a handful of times, where you're like, that might be, like, one of the most aggressive sets I've ever seen, not in person, where you're like, holy shit, this just comes across so so well and reminds me of like when you used to watch those old like Hellfest DVDs and just see thousands of kids beating the shit out of each other to like 43% burn <laughs> and stuff like that. Like just the nostalgia <laughs> attached to shit like that. And definitely a band I, I can't wait to see live finally. Yeah. Well, what's weird about that is like, I love hopes fall, but like, I remember watching that set and being like, did these guys just upstage like one of my favorite bands? Because like, <laughs> I love hopes fall, but can you imagine, can you imagine being in that room? And watching that set, and then Hope's Fall comes on. Like oh, Hope's Fall is great, yeah. But like for what they were playing versus versus what N was la- laying down was just, I mean, just it was outrageous. It was such a weird contrast. We I also would like to go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say it would have been interesting to go to uh, one of those shows in uh, North Carolina where it was Hope's Fall end and Violent Life, Violent Death. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> I, I one one thing that that should be noted as well is how Brandon has the ability to change his vocal style from counterparts. Yeah. Over mm-hmm. and I don't. That is the most insane thing. I was like, how is that the same dude? And on top of that, he's like the funniest guy. I've seen a few interviews with that guy, and he just seems to have like a really great sense of humor. Even when they were doing the audio tree live for counterparts, he was like cracking jokes, and then he's talking about like real deep emotional things i'm like whoa like <laughs> it just like you just like turn and it's just like a switch and i'm just kind of like whoa dude yeah that, that guy is true the whole band is truly talented and amazing so i lost track of whose turn it's joe's turn right ah uh, okay yes uh okay um i'm gonna uh hey grayson when we were hanging out this weekend and I turned over to you, I turned to you and I was like, Hey, what am I listening to? What did I say? <laughs> you got it right too. Oh, misery signals. Yeah. Ultraviolet. 
Um, I love that record so much. Um, it's one that, yep, <laughs> there you go. Oh, snap. It's, it's one that, um, must be nice. I, uh, honestly, it's, it's gotten me through this weird time. I've, I, I've talked to Grayson about this where, um, it's funny because a band that typically is very, um, aggressive and especially the, their prior record, it's, it's not the most, uh, <laughs> positive, uplifting stuff, but this album, there's something very different. There's a, 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 at least to me, a very strong sense of hope, just even from the first lyrics of, of, you know, the first song. And, um, there were, uh, yeah, I, it's just a record that I listen to repeatedly and I still do. Um, because it, it just, I don't know, it's, it's had like a really positive effect on, on me and I, and I, and the music is just beautiful and yeah. Fantastic band. Fantastic release. Yeah. That's Joe's, uh, that's your, that's your summer hardcore, right? Compared to counterparts, which is like your fall winter hardcore. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Wait, well, that's and- not defeater. <laughs> uh, you know uh no um i have a defeater like seven inch uh like a they have like that gatefold seven inch thing um and i like them i just have never it it's kind of like hope's fall was for me way back in the day i saw you know i i owned some hope's fall records and i liked them but it wasn't until i was older where i became obsessed with them and it just took a while for it to just uh, uh, digest in my brain, my pea brain, for some weird reason. So, uh, but it, it's, uh, but I, I definitely lo- I, I like what I what what they have to offer. I just haven't dived into it yet. So, Dan, I think it's you. Or no? Yeah. Yeah. It's you. Yep. 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 Yeah. Um. So. I'm gonna at the expense of being that guy. Um, my pick is actually a record that hasn't come out yet. Um, oh snap! That, that is the new. Uh, uh, oh, it's it's not it's not me just flexing the podcaster muscle. I promise. It's literally just I, I liked it that much, and that is the album uh, influenced by everything in slow motion. I knew you were gonna uh, say that one, <laughs> uh, dude. It's been it's been burning up my speakers, and I've only I mean I've only had maybe like three or four days with it now. And, um, it's awesome. And it wasn't, it wasn't what I was expecting at all. Yeah. Um, you know, because as we all know, you know, Shane Oshner, um, started off in hands, which was a, a much, a, a significantly heavier band, uh, than everything in slow motion. Uh, it had more of kind of this post metal thing. And, um, and at this point, at this point in his career, I wasn't realistically expecting the record to be kind of this like post metal type of type of album. Uh, and I was correct. I mean, it was not that, um, but it's, it's interesting because I've, I've grown a much bigger appreciation um, in the last couple of years for uh, more pop influenced uh, hard rock. And um, there is a song on that record called choke, which you can actually stream right now. Um, and it's still, it, it's probably my top song on that record. Um, just because like, it's, it's everything that I'm supposed to hate about like music, but it is, <laughs> it is so catchy. And I feel like Shane really, um, really pushed the limits of, of what his vocal range was, uh, on this record. 
and it's just I don't know. It's it's one of those. It's it's impossible to describe because every single song on it has a different vibe. Um, it definitely which, does, though. I will say I, I've heard the record too. Yeah, um, I, I definitely will say that there is some post metal in there, um, sprinkled in there throughout little, the little bits. Yeah, and um, which and they come in a way where it's like you when you least expect it, but it fits so well. And yeah. I and and I just can't help but smile. I'm like, oh, okay, he's like giving a little wink and a nod to, to yeah. the OG fans, you know. And um, and I completely agree about choke. It's a beautiful song. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's it's funny because I know he's also a huge Jimmy World fan. Um, yeah, and you could definitely hear that sprinkled in some of the songs as well, uh, with with kind of like the picking guitar parts and whatnot and uh but yeah oh and the production is top-notch it's ridiculously top-notch yes like i it's one of the slickest like i'm just gonna say it um it's one of the slickest sounding records that i've heard come from that label like it is it's it sounds like it sounds like it was released on a major you know and it just absolutely blows my mind uh, how good it was and how every single song is distinctly different um, from all the others. And if this was discography discussion, I'd be like, well, that's a bad thing. It was directionless and they blah, 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 blah. But I'm going to take that hat off for this episode uh, and, and just say that it was absolutely what I, what I wanted to hear because as I get older, I'm tired of hearing a record. That's just one thing from beginning to end, unless it's, you know, end, um but like do you see I, that service that grayson just got yeah dude just like somebody just you know serving him up a beer like you know i mean dude he's got it like that he's like it's doordash well, it's, man I, I had to pay 30 the, bucks for that it's the you know there's brew in the title of this thing i'm just trying to be you know i'm you know when in rome yeah no, what, are you, what are you drinking uh so i just finished an 805 okay uh firestone and now it's a sierra nevada pale ale so nice representing nice. california today <laughs> I'm, I'm drinking i'm drinking like uh uh little kid beer not little kid that was in bad taste but uh it like uh i don't know it's like salted caramel it's salted caramel uh and it tastes like it's so good so like i let my i let my wife take a sip of this the other night um because it was like an 18 pack and uh I only I'm only going to drink 17 of those for this episode. But uh yeah, so I I drank uh one of these. I let my wife sip it and she said it was the best tasting beer she's ever tasted. Now she didn't <laughs> like it by any means. But <laughs> but she did say that it was the best beer she'd ever tasted. So, you know, it was yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm sticking with the pumpkin. I do this like once a year and then I, yeah. I jump off of it. Nice. Yeah, actually I got to do some Oktoberfests before they're gone. It's a good point. Yeah, you should have started buying those up two months ago. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Gee, do you have another album? Yeah. Um, but yeah, really quick, shout out to my girlfriend for, as Joe said, the awesome service. <laughs> I, I sent I sent I like legitimately I, I have like my phone in Messenger right here on my other screen. And like while you guys were talking, I was just like, babe, my my beer's out. And she's like, All right, I'll be right there. <laughs> best ever <laughs> can you <laughs> we'll see how it goes oh snap 
Oh, look what awesome. we started. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, third album. Uh, and this is in no particular order, but the next album that I have is um, from a band that I actually have not really listened to in a very long time. And again, released a record this year that surprised me. So it's um, a beautiful place to drown by Silverstein. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, like back in the, as I don't know how I remember it like this, but like the taste of chaos days, you know, Um, (laughs) like I, that's, that's when I got into them with uh, discovering the waterfront, you know, of course was like the, the big, the big record by them. And then I know I listened to like the next one or two after that a little bit here and there, but honestly, since then, hadn't really paid too much attention to that band, and I don't remember. I, I think it was probably in the uh, recommended albums list of of uh, I have YouTube Music, so I was on there, and it was in the recommended. And I was like, oh, like let's let's kind of see, you know, what's up with Silverstein nowadays. So I, I put it on. The very first song was a song called "Bad Feelings," and it kind of has like this punky element to it that was like kind of cool. But I listened to the whole thing and I just remember like it was really catchy. And then it also features uh, Aaron Marshall from Intervals because it said featuring Intervals. And I'm thinking like, okay, is that like Aaron from Intervals? Because usually it's like when you say featuring, it's like a person from a band and not a band. So I'm wondering like, honestly, I was like, is this like a rapper or something named <laughs> Intervals? That's not like, I don't, I don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> Um, but then you, I get to the bridge of the song and it just drops into this total like intervals, like two albums ago set section that's super melodic and has like the low guitars and everything. And I was just like, whoa, like, so that that's what got me to keep listening to the whole record. And I listened to the rest of the record and it was just really good. And I think I found myself buying the vinyl the next day or something. So, um, yeah, that one was a really pleasant surprise this year that I was usually it's like, you know, you get albums that you're anticipating from bands that, you know, and this was definitely one that I was not anticipating that kind of just caught me by surprise and in, in a really good way. That's two bands with dudes named Shane in them in a row. <laughs> Perfect. It's true. What do you got, John? What do you got? What do you got sitting on your lap that you can't wait to show us? Well, we already did already did misery signal, so I'll go ahead and say that as well. Um, oh, perfect. It was a. Uh, it was, I mean, kind of the perk of becoming friends with Jesse through you know social media over the last three years or so, but the excitement of getting that link when he's like, "Hey, this is like the band link that we're sharing with people," like not even like, like we're not with a press company or whatever, so it wasn't like a media link. So there was a little bit more like bit of like oh god like what if someone gets this um Mm. because it's not behind a shitload of walls or anything it was literally a link on soundcloud (laughs) and unlisted yeah unlisted and it was a thing where you know the expectations i think for a lot of us who have been fans since basically a malice in the magnum heart first record back with jesse and i mean I've said this and I feel sort of like a dick for saying this since I'm like friends with half of the people that were involved in this part of the project, but absent light was a big miss for me and potentially we'll get to talk to some of the dudes about that, that worked on that and kind of get, you know, a little bit more backstory on that. But I feel like this is a great return to form sonically. 
Um, I think the fact that literally every iteration of the all the eras of the band from Jesse and Up Malice and having the original band back, having Devin helping with some pre-pro, having Greg basically get a second shot at doing a Misery Signals record after doing most of uh, Absent Light. And just, I think it was a home run. And, you know, even like I said in, in our chat, you know, you kind of touched on it, Joe, you know, Controller is, is probably my favorite Misery Signals record. It just so- sonically sounds huge. And Carl's voice, the way they, I think they triple or triple track them or whatever, just makes it sound fucking massive. But the thing that I still feel has changed from this record is, whereas before it just was like kind of doom and gloom, you know, what Malice is about basically the, the accident that they uh, Jesse's old bandmates and so forth. And that's just permeating through that record. So there's always just a sense of loss and it's heavy. And at times it's really awkward sort of listening to Jesse's lyrics. Cause I don't feel like you should be hearing some of those people's like honest emotions like that. This one, however, was one of the first ones where I felt that, yeah, like it's not all super great, but it's the first to really have a bit of optimism at the end of it. Like shit sucks, but it'll get better. And Sometimes like that, just that little bit of, of nuance, I guess, to it sort of makes it take on a, a, a different light. Uh, no pun intended, but take on a different light. So I, it lived up to my expectations. I know I've seen a lot of people who are like, well, wasn't as good as I was expecting or, or whatever. But I mean, for me, for especially after watching that documentary they put out and seeing the stuff of having to reform friendships and all the expectations on it, I think they did a great job. Do we ever figure out why he kept calling you Johnny through through everything? He always calls me that. Yes. Hey, you know what? <laughs> as stupid as it sounds, it's like if, if Jesse from Misery Signals wants to give me a nickname, I'm totally fine with that. That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. Nice. Uh, Joe, what do you got? Oh, okay. Let's see here. Um, <clears throat> oh, man. Okay. So I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to choose one that came out very early this year. And um, it, these guys are some of the most humble and hardworking guys that I've ever met. They've, you know, I, I feel so bad that like once they released the record, it just, uh, this COVID thing happened and, you know, like it's, you know, they, I know they were really looking forward to, they, you know, getting a lot of things going, but, um, that's uh taming tongues by dens nice i was gonna say i I have a feeling joe's gonna take my fourth one that was my fourth one oh Mm. no sorry i just have such great music tastes a lot of of ours are on the same list (laughs) so like borrowing from john borrowing from grayson it's all good um (laughs) but um that's record so good it's 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 really good and um you know, it's. Uh, I think that's another album that, you know, uh, again the, the the production on it is also extremely good as well. Um, and I love the uh, every song has its own vibe. But what I what, what really comes to mind um, for me is um, the the vulnerability that kind of exists and, and, and just kind of seeps through every song. And, um, you know, every song is just, just as emotional and, and, and well thought out as, as last. And, uh, it, it's kind of cool to hear 
you know, they're, they're all their different styles because they're all into different styles of music as well. You know, they're not all like, uh, you know, they all bring something new to the table. Oh, and Sean, one of the best vocalists in the underground scene, bar none. He's got an amazing voice. He he did a, an acoustic set uh, right before the weekend of Facetown Fest over at a record store that I used to work at that Grayson and I were at. And, uh, I mean, there's, that dude is a powerhouse. Um, it's insane. And, uh, oh, another thing to mention is Josh Walton's, uh, guitar playing, like his, uh, his take on metal, like that song foolish that features Leroy from, from war of ages. It's so cool because it's definitely a metal song, Yeah, but it's not because that guy's not a metal dude per se, you know, Josh, like it's his interpretation of what metal is. And so the riffs are very unique for, for a a metal song. And, uh, so I, I, you know, as a person who, uh, you know, I'm engrossed in the metal scene. So like, it it, it was cool to hear like a different take of, of, you know, uh, a genre that I'm, I absolutely adore. So, yeah. Yeah, that record was disgustingly good. Like, it, it really, um, it's funny too, because like one, the first time I heard it, I was in the mood for something like way heavier. So I listened to it and I was like, oh, it's not that, but it was a grower. You know what I mean? Like, it was one of those, like, I listened to it whenever I was feeling like less metal. Um, Wait, and, I thought you were always metal. Always. All the time. Absolutely. I definitely haven't been listening to a bunch of trap music on SoundCloud all day. I definitely have not been doing that. Um, I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to be listening to all the Amon Marth albums for Saturday, but um, I've only gotten into like three. It's like, yeah, I get it. It's Vikings. It's melodic death metal. It's fine. Um, but like, it, it does the thing that it does the thing that it's supposed to do. Like the end. Thanks. Um, but uh, actually, so and um, I didn't mean to make this as like, because it seems like a lot of the bands I'm picking are from just like one specific label. But um, the record that kind of came out of nowhere for me this year was uh, was American Arson, A Line in the Sand. And I had actually mm. never, I'd never heard an American Arson song uh, prior to booking an interview. Uh, my buddy David Van Zant set the interview up and I was like, dude, I, I don't know if I could do this because I've never heard a single song by this band before. Um <laughs> basically the name of john's autobiography um but it's like uh, but i was like i've never heard so like i listened to some of their like older material or whatever and i didn't really know kind of what to expect it was a little out of my comfort zone as far as like because i don't i don't listen to a whole lot of rock um but there was just something about this band that they were super um super energetic and they sound like a full band even though it's only two dudes um and like these dudes absolutely won me over just by like talking to them and whenever the record finally came out i was actually pretty floored because i was like wow this is actually like like way better (laughs) than i was expecting it to be um their singer has an amazing voice and he i mean he's got he's got like a whole dave Grohl thing going on and uh he just sings with aggression and um, I don't, I'm not really doing it justice here, but like 
I have a feeling that this band is going to go a lot further than maybe even they anticipated. I feel like if people actually listen to that record and they actually dig into the lyrics and like as to what they're actually saying, these guys have mass appeal. Um, they kind of remind me of like a almost like it almost reminds me of like older like Rise Against like that That's sort what I was of like say. yeah 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 like that that sort of like um, really energetic punk rock but like a heavier emphasis on the rock part of it you know um, yeah but yeah th- that record absolutely blew me away and it was out of my comfort zone and I uh, I absolutely just I, I was floored by it and I was like man I'm. I'm really glad that I ordered this, you know, like, because I, uh, I I really wasn't sure, you know, and then we did our interview or whatever. And they're like, no, 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 dude, it's like this. And so they were able to kind of explain to me, like what the songs were going to be about and like all of that stuff. And um, absolutely like check them out. Like they, they have their biggest song. I think right now is a song called drop your daggers. Um, And it is, it's one of the best hit singles I've ever heard from like that music scene, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, it absolutely packs a punch and it's, uh, it's, it's applicable to pretty much everybody right now, especially with, uh, current world events. And that's, uh, that's as much as I'm going to say, cause I'm a coward and I want to make any huge statements. Uh, <laughs> but you know, uh, it, it is what it is. Yeah. American arson line of the sand. Totally awesome. They they drew a line in the sand. I didn't, but it's a cool <laughs> record to listen to. <laughs> Gee. Nice. Um, cool. By the way, if I'm like all pixelated or something, I apologize. For some reason, my internet loves to just be blazing fast, like during work hours. And then once the sun goes down, it's just like, okay, like the internet's like, I'm going to go to sleep too. So I was like, <laughs> you're all good, dude. That's what I was doing. I was like trying to clear stuff so that the tower outside of my room could link it. It was a pain to get internet into this room when I moved in. So we can, and- we can see you, we can hear you. We can see the light worker logo behind you with your head right in the, in the arch. <laughs> it's amazing. I love it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I admittedly went a little <laughs> extra on, on that. But, um, okay, awesome. Just uh, so we can keep like the whole even five going, I'll, I'll revisit uh, Taming Tongues from Dens super quick. Do it. That, that was a pick as well. Um, but I'll just, so yeah, that, that record, I mean, honestly, that band is a band that like I, I knew of, of course, like Joe's been listening to them since the, Joe, was it like when the EP came out on Face Down? The yeah. No, no small tempest yeah um and so uh fun fact uh before covid started here in the u.s like before the whole quarantine thing happened we did play one show we played one show at the beginning of march which is the only time that we've ever played any song from our record live to anybody um, we played Empire, and that was the only like we 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 only played one. We didn't even play like more songs. That was it. Uh, we played one song. It was like here's a teaser, and we'll see you next year, maybe. Um, you guys all better buy T-shirts because it's going to be a rough year. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So, <laughs> so um, yeah. So we played that show, but we played that show with Dens, um, and Deathbreaker and Comrades because they were all like heading down to Face Down. So Joe did an awesome job putting together kind of like this show in San Jose as like a pre 
since all these bands were coming out from from different states like you know let's do a bay area show and then you guys go down and do face down so we played it with dens and that's how i kind of got into that record and i remember specifically there's a song uh because it's really cool right the whole record i think it's 11 songs and it all it reads an entire uh sentence like if you read all the song titles all the way through so the fourth track r which is the softest song on the record which features laura from comrades i remember joe actually told me before i listened to the record he was like dude there's a song on there that you are just absolutely going to love and i know when you hear it you're going to text me and you're going to tell me what it is and, and it'll be right and it was it was that song I remember listening to that song. I don't remember I don't remember where I was, but I just remember hearing it and kind of just stopping whatever I was doing and just listening to the whole thing until the song was done. Um and it's to me it's like a perfect fall song and there are certain songs or certain albums and in in songs that I listen to where it's almost like you forget that you're listening to a song right because it's like when you're listening to music you know that you're listening to music and you can get really into it and you can get the vibe of everything but i feel like for me at least there's certain songs where i listen to and i forget that i'm listening to a song because i get so immersed into it that i can literally just like sink into it melodically and that was one of those songs so that alone just made me go okay this record is amazing even if i don't listen to the rest of the album um but I, I did, and it was in. It was still like end up ended up being like an amazing record. But that song in particular was one that kind of just got me. And uh, you know, right when September twenty second hit, that went on my fall playlist, and I was looping it. So, <laughs> yeah, noise. Is that back on me? You're yep. on the spot, John. Yes, sir. Better right. better throw something out great. I mean, I think it's great. I don't know how people are going to feel about it, but uh, Tua Lipa. If it's, if it's Kanye, no, Kanye only put out an EP, so you don't count those. Um, Fair enough. But no, the uh, Dua Lipa Future Nostalgia is a fucking great record. Um, it's pop. It's interesting. Um, I really dig. Uh, I mean, the whole point of it, you know, is that she's taking a lot of songs that are old. Uh, and taking parts of it and implementing them in ways uh, that are kind of fresh. So like, you know, one of the first singles that she put out used the guitar melody from NXS's uh, uh, Need You Tonight uh, for, I think, the chorus. And then there's another one that borrows blanking on it off the top of my head but like that's kind of like the fun thing about it and i and i love the idea basically that she went into it and with a loose concept of like you know future nostalgia it's it's a new record that no one's heard but we're taking old influences and putting them into kind of what we're doing to make it a little bit of that nostalgia thing you know something for me listening to a lot of pop radio that my wife listens to and even some of the hip-hop is it's weird to see some of the samples of shit that i grew up listening to so like I don't remember who, who, who the artist is, but they used uh, fastballs uh, out of my head. Oh, okay. But like that was like their second single, and it flopped. It was it was a failure compared to you know the way and uh, whatever other single they had, um, or I think it was their third single actually. But it's like you took someone's third fail single and created a, a smash hit, like probably a top ten hit 
with their chorus melody and, and even some of the lyrics. And it's like, it's wild to see how artists and producers are taking shit from 20 some odd years ago when I was in like high school and flipping it and making it something that it was surprisingly like it's one of those where you're like, well, shit, if it's like this good and people are like digging it now, it's like, why the fuck wasn't this a hit like 20 some odd years ago? Yeah. And, you know, it reminds me, I think like I was telling my wife, I was like, well, I mean, look at Aerosmith, like Dream On was like one of their first singles and it didn't do anything. And then they re-released it, you know, all these years, like years later, and it became a smash hit after they had already built up some success. And I, just, you know, yeah. it's one of those where, you know, the, music industry is littered in all kinds of genres of bands who or people who put out music and it just doesn't catch. And then for whatever reason it catches like years later. And then it's like a, a band will have like a whole new career. Like look at Fleetwood Mac. Great example. Dreams was, was always a great song, but for whatever reason, people are only hearing about it now from TikTok. that video of that dude riding a skateboard. And then it was the number one song on iTunes and like netted the band, like a top 10 hit for the first time in like 40 years. So, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes like if you are a fan of music, sometimes the industry and, and what cycles around just is so interesting how things will get repurposed uh, yeah. in a different way. So sometimes it ruins a lot of music for me because like, you know, like I've been, I'm not necessarily the biggest fan really at all of this band, but like, uh, and if Maddie Mullins from Memphis Mayfire sees this, I'm sorry, but you know that <laughs> first single uh, that they put out, the, call him. the old me. <laughs> that's totally the beginning of the old me. It's totally Breaking Benjamin's Diary of Jane. Motionless and White basically has become a goth version of Breaking Benjamin. It's the same fucking quick chorus melodies. It's the same structures basically. It's just they are a goth band, quote unquote, and they have heavy parts, but. It's like for everyone that shits on Breaking Benjamin, I'm like, y'all motherfuckers like steal so many bands, steal their ideas and their melodies <laughs> and so forth. So call on Spade. Hey, no, I mean, 100%, I can, 100%, no, I mean, 100 percent. I can correct, prove it. I think I, I think I played you those clips. You have you. You, you sent me a side by side. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> do a leap of though. Do a leap of future uh, future nostalgia. It's a great record. Something completely different than probably anything on anyone else's list. But it's great for what it is. And I think we're going to turn it over to Joe. Oh, it's my turn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. I threw you for a loop with Dua Lipa. You're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> no, well, no, I actually had some questions. So, like, um, it, I mean, so it's straight up like sampling, or are they kind of re recording the parts? And so it's, I, I would definitely say, in the sense of Dua Lipa, the wave, because like, I definitely think they're they're re-recording the part that they want. Mm -hmm. So I think that technically becomes what an interpolation, I think is what they call that in technical terms. I'm not entirely sure, but basically, yeah, like they it's almost like uh I mean you I don't know, you see so much of it like in hip hop, like Tyga's notoriously bad at doing this, like where he'll just straight lift bars from other rappers like on the chris brown tiger uh fan of a fan record there's one song and it straight up is like them lifting bars from other hip-hop songs and then you're like that's rapping like i can i can take someone else's shit like from forgot about dre i could i can take basically the lyrics from forgot about dre and then like throw on like a half of it like like probably like a 16 bar section after like the part they already lifted change my thing. And then the next person, but like the more I kind of thought about it, it's like, that is 
kind of cool because like the beat sort of feels like that they use this and everyone's using different parts of that like and they even have push a t on the song and i think the song's called uh don't get it fucked up um but it's uh yeah like it, it was a thing where i was like i can't believe like you can just straight lift as much now as as some artists are and it's like you're not even i don't know how, how much creativity is going into that but <laughs> i don't know but at least like with the dual leaper record like it's it's fun and it's almost like one of those like a lot of it is pulling from like late mid to late 80s early 90s stuff so it's it's kind of like right in my wheelhouse of like radio listening and so forth and like mtv generation type shit so i really like it i think she's got a great voice um it's really been hard uh to to go between her kalani or uh uh doja cat which i hate that i like that new doja cat record but it's there's like her vocal melodies are so, so fucking well produced that you're just like god it's so good <laughs> i'm into that um plus they're good looking so that helps too <laughs> um so well that's interesting i'm gonna have to look that up and check that out um because I, I always feel like the asshole i always feel like the asshole in discography discussion because this is the kind of shit i pull because they'll be like you hey, do you want to do you want to do something this weekend and i'm like oh sure uh and they're like what's the record of the week and i'm like mm, i've been listening like the last time i was on i think with the acacia strain it was like yeah i've been listening to crazy sexy cool by tlc <laughs> which <Yes>. i have <laughs> but and i'm always like yeah i don't really know who this guy is he's just a guy we randomly pulled in off the street <laughs> no big deal you're not worse than jeff though Jeff, every single week, it's like sunny day real estate. Yeah, just 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 more sunny day real estate. I'm like, yeah, dude. I mean, like, did you even listen to the records we talked about tonight? Because it sounds like you just <laughs> sounds like you just listened to Sunday day real estate. Like that's, <laughs> that, that's all I'm picking up from here. I mean, granted, I'm no be- I'm no better. Like every single week, I'm like, yeah. Probably, probably Zayo's Blood and Fire. You know, it's probably like my album of the week. <laughs> Guys listen like Josh Rogan. Been listening to that record for the last twenty years. You know, it's, like, it's fine. <laughs> I got probably, a new sweet copy on vinyl. It skips. Yeah. That's probably me in 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 Jimmy World. Honestly, it's like that's, this is true. Yeah, it's like all I listen to. I did get a little bit of a chuckle when I saw your post earlier, and it was Jimmy World. I was like, "Yep, that that checks out." Yeah, <laughs> see, see, see. <laughs> um, but uh, I do. I, I'm I'm trying to think which one, uh, which record I want to share because I, I don't know if we're gonna have time for an honorable mention or not. So yeah, we have time. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Cool. So, um, in that case, uh, my absolute favorite record of the year, and this is in particular order because it's taking the number one spot. Uh, I thought you were about to say it, Grayson, because you, you took a breath <laughs> and you're like. <laughs> um are we at number ones uh yeah i think so aren't we yep we're on the last record okay. cool, yeah cool. yeah yep. uh for me it's on circles by caspian so you're, uh, you're right i was gonna say it yeah i, was, yeah. I got scared yeah no <laughs> it, it, it is um they, that that talk about a band that um i i am a i'm very much diehard fan to the point where i actually flew out last november to go see them perform a one-off uh show with a nine-piece orchestra uh and i went by myself i didn't know anybody out there i actually ended up befriending some of the friends of the band and they took me out to a party uh like an after party and stuff like that and um it, it was a great time and and just 
I don't know. It, it, there was something about being over there where they're from and just kind of being immersed in it's like, wow, this is where this is the town where they write their records. You know what I mean? And um, I've I've always I've always thought that I was born on the wrong coast. <laughs> um, I think I think I'm definitely more of an East Coast kind of guy. And I felt very much at home over there. And um, but, yeah, the record itself is just uh, it's, it's beautiful. I've been waiting five years for it because uh, they took a hiatus, which isn't, you know, super long compared to a lot of other bands. Um, I mean, refused. We just got, what's that? Said refused. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> refused, you know, freaking, I mean, we're still, you know, I mean, D'Angelo would be another great example. Wasn't that like 20 years? <laughs> yeah. Um, not quite, because uh, that last record came out when I was still in high school, and I will have graduated 20 years ago uh this year actually so that came out 2017 i think because it came out before Kendrick lamar so 17 years i mean close but close yeah yeah. i mean it's still a long time you know yeah i mean and i love black messiah and voodoo like those those Voodoo is such one of my i mean yeah exactly that that, that's that's fire the definition of fire but anyway um more about caspian yeah like it's i've never listen to a band or an artist that has been able to make me feel I just feel honestly like all the emotions and, and the variety of uh of um i don't know they, they they've got something for everything i mean there's songs of hope and 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 you know since they're largely an instrumental band it's it, it really becomes i think a lot more personal you know, because um, you have your own interpretations as to what these songs are about. And, um, you know, it, it's funny because I don't really get starstruck. Uh, Grayson can tell you this. I just go up to anybody and I talk to them. I'm just like, what's up, dude? Very true. Yeah. And so, but when it comes to, like, these guys in this band, especially, like, I guess who they would consider the band leader, Phil Jamison, I just... I get starstruck. I don't know why. Like freaking Bono could be right next to him, and I'd be like, "Hey, Bono." Anyway, Phil, dude, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I, I just get very. And, and, hey, and Bono, can you go get us some drinks? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just like you got money, like, yeah, but, right. <laughs> money. but, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's you know, I, I feel like I have this because they're. It's funny because they've definitely put themselves out there, like in terms of like. They've released uh, one of their concerts on on Blu-ray. They have got interviews and stuff like that. But for whatever reason, there's still an inherent mysterious vibe about them that I, I don't know what it is. I can't even pinpoint it, but it's very – I don't – I'm very drawn to that band. Um, and uh, each one of their albums brings something new to the table, and it's definitely all peaks and valleys. And uh, On Circles is one of – those records that it's definitely, I don't know. It touches on everything. And uh, also uh, along with the misery signals, ultraviolet record is, is something that has gotten me through 2020. And uh, I was actually lucky enough to, that was aside from the show that we played with uh, dens and comrades and Deathbreaker, Um, seeing Caspian live was, that was the last band I saw before this whole thing, happened like i saw them in february so 
and we in in California, I think we went into lockdown early March. Yeah, or yeah, yeah just about. Yeah, wow. and I saw them like kind of late February or so, and um, it's funny because actually Grayson's girlfriend and our bass player's girlfriend went with me to that show because they, they uh, the dudes couldn't go, and then uh, and Misty's already a, a fan. Grayson's girlfriend's already a fan of Caspian. Oh yeah. She was like, I want to, uh, she was like, oh, I really want to see him. Can I come with you? I'm like, yeah, sure. And then we kind of like, we we're like, Hey Courtney, you want to go? And Courtney's the kind of person who's all like, are they cool? Yeah. All right, let's go. <laughs> like, so she just went with us. And after the show, they would just looked at me and they were like, that was so good. <laughs> so good. So, February, right? Yeah. That was in February. Where the heck was I? I, I have, n- I do not remember what, I was doing in February. Probably some Grayson <laughs> thing. I don't know. Oh, I well, no, I was in Dublin. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was he was having some uh, some Guinness. I was nice. having some some real Guinness. Yeah. From the source. Yeah. I mean, it's still real. If you if you put it in a can and mail it to me it's still real <laughs> true but i found, i found out um i guess uh th- this is what i've heard and after tasting it in ireland i believe because i'm not a huge stout guy like honestly like i'm very big on ipas i'm not really into stouts um i uh so i heard that real guinness quote unquote you can only get in ireland and if you get it from anywhere else in the world, it comes from a different factory, I think in Canada or something. But everyone everyone always says like Guinness tastes different in Ireland, and that's because it's actually brewed in Ireland and everywhere else it's 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 like Guinness is quote unquote outsourced, I guess. Interesting. So so um but yeah, so if anyone's ever in Ireland, try it on tap uh compared to like anywhere else. And honestly, it is different because I actually liked it there. I don't really like it in general but i liked it there that's interesting the more you know <laughs> yeah do, 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 do. yeah um well my next pick is it's weird because i feel like i'm still at four because i feel you like are, technically we are we are okay okay because yeah i yeah, i did going. um you're yeah yeah because i did uh well, what record mills? Let's see. Acacia Strain, Everything in Slow Motion, uh, American Arson. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm up to date here. Okay. So uh, my, my other pick is uh, probably no surprise to anybody that listens to this show or my other show, but uh, it's Testament uh, Titans of Creation, uh, which dropped. Um, well, it dropped right while Chuck Billy had COVID 19. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that. That was that was rough for him. Uh, yeah. Not not as much for me, but um, <laughs> I did actually get to talk to Chuck Billy after he uh, made a headline he had, that. He had, yeah, he had, did. We make a headline for it. You did. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. I don't make a whole lot of headlines. John gets all the headlines. So I mean, whatever. you got a juicy one with that. Uh, every one you do, though, you get a, a fucking nice headline. That Zayo. Episode. I know the Scott, the Zayo one was outrageous. <laughs> dare, dare I say, legendary? But oh. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, Jeff Gretz just un- unfriended me. No, <laughs> but like, there's a, but no, it's it's this Testament record is absolutely like, if you've been a fan for of Testament for a long time, 
Um, it's they're not going to reinvent the wheel on this record. Uh, they are absolutely not put necessarily pushing their sound forward, but during a year where it, it was kind of just full of uncertainty. Cause I mean, when COVID originally hit, I mean, I feel like, I feel like now, like we've all kind of just kind of gotten used to the way things are, which like, it still sucks, but like we've gotten used to it. But back then when that record came out, it was just really refreshing for me to hear a new Testament record of Testament doing their thing. And they're, they're, they're the thrash metal band that I've listened to for a good portion of my life at this point. Um, all my friends used to, you know, it was always a, a, a argument about who's better Metallica or Megadeth. And I'm just like, Testament, <laughs> Testament is the better, is the better band uh, of all of that. And they were like, they stayed metal, like through all the trends, um, through all the stuff. Like when Metallica was putting out the black album, Testament put out an album called demonic, which was just like super brutal chuck billy's doing death growls like it's he's like they kept it metal in a way that i feel like a lot of bands from that era didn't keep it metal so with this new record titans of creation it is definitely a, a stronger swing towards thrash but like you have to consider how cool it is in 2020 that these thrash legends or these thrash titans are still playing that style of music and they're still putting it out at a level that a lot of the bands that came out of their scene probably couldn't even play anymore. Like Chuck sounds amazing. Um, even after he had coronavirus, he still sounded amazing. Um, at least on the phone and, uh, <laughs> you know, um, but it's just one of those things. Like it really, it really, they're a legacy band. This is a legacy record. And, you know, for all those people out there that are all like, yeah, man, you remember Metallica? They put out, you know, their their newest record, and it kind of sounded like a little bit like mid '90s Metallica. Why compromise? Why not just like listen to a band that plays the kind of music that you showed up for? And yeah. that's what Testament. That's what Testament has ultimately done with this record, and it's it's awesome. It's one of my favorites so far, and uh, and I can't wait. Like I can't wait to hear them do do something else soon because this record dropped so weird. The beginning of 2020 sounds like feels like yeah. three years yeah. ago. Yeah. 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 It's so weird. It's only been a few months, but like I feel like I did that interview last year. I even had to double check and make sure the record came out in 2020. Because <laughs> 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 I, I honestly couldn't remember. I think um, I, I saw a testament um, with Emma God and Kill Switch Engage, and they were so good. Oh, they yeah. were so good. And um, I. Yeah, I mean, they, they still had energy. They still, I mean, they're, they're just bringing it, man. And uh, <clears throat> so much fun live. And it's funny that you mentioned uh, Testament not, you know, like, no compromise, you know. And I feel like, tell me if you guys agree with this, but I almost feel like the band that is from, like, I guess the early 2000s new wave of American heavy metal, uh, that is kind of following that path is actually unearthed. I yeah, feel, yeah, you know, because they've um, they, they've done different aspects of heavy, but they've always been them. You know, it's on Earth, and yep. they're also one of the best live bands I've ever seen. Just so much fun, 
so, so much fun. Um, and uh, I, I, I saw, I, I've seen them like, I think I, three or four times. And I saw them on the Uncoming Storm tour where they played it like they played every song. And I mean, they were just so good. And then Grayson and I saw them uh, opening up a kill switch. Yeah. And uh, our friend, uh, she she's like from uh, like Eastern Europe, and she had never really been to a metal show before. And she decided to wear like a white shirt in a sea of black shirts with like metal logos and everything. She was wearing a white shirt. And she managed to get up on stage <laughs> and she staged him and, and she had never done that before. And she was just kind of like, I love American metal. So That's it awesome. was one of, yeah, it was cool. But on earth always brings it, man. Every single time. Every, yeah. It's, it's no a sure thing. It's yep. a sure thing. And like, without being insulting to them, it's kind of like a McDonald's cheeseburger. You know what you're going to get and you love it. Um, <laughs> You know, but it's it's always the same experience every single time, and that's not a bad thing. I think I think in the world of music criticism, it's easy to be like, well, this band's not innovative, you know, and that's that's kind of like, you know, if 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 I'm wearing my music criticism hat, I can say like the New Testament record isn't really pushing the boundaries, but like these guys have been around forever. Like, how yeah. long can you expect a band like that to? quote unquote push the boundaries there has to be a certain sense of these dudes are just playing what they like to play yeah <laughs> you know and and the songs are good it's everything that it's everything that you would want uh out of that band this year and uh and they killed it and that was um then that was 90 percent. i can't even remember what the headline was uh that i that i asked him but it was something along the lines of like because slayer was doing their was doing their farewell tour. And I think I asked something along the lines of uh, like, if they felt like they were kind of taking Slayer's place in that, you know, like in the minds of, of, of metal fans or something like that. Um, and I didn't even come up with that question. John, John fed me that question um, before we did the interview. Uh, but yeah, like, but I do, I like, regardless of whatever Chuck said, and I can't even remember at this exact moment, but um, regardless of what he said, I definitely think that that is the case uh, with a lot of these, with a lot of these bands, whereas all the eyes might be on Metallica or they might be on Megadeth or they might be on some of these other legacy acts. Um, Testament has always kind of been over in their own corner doing their thing. And um, it's really cool that when these other bands have kind of fallen away, I feel like fans of that older style of, of thrash metal are starting to kind of really recognize. Oh, okay. Okay. That was the headline. Okay. Okay. I, I see that now. Okay. It's right in front of me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cool. 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 Um, so it was not that question. So what I said was irrelevant. Uh, <laughs> again, somebody has been talking to my kids. I'm not fun. I'm not relevant. Um, but yeah, like, a hundred percent like this is this is the best thrash metal band that you probably don't listen to regularly and they have a new record out in 2020 and it's killer all the leads all the solos everything that made you originally if you're a guitar player pick up a guitar and want a solo testament's doing all that and they're still doing it and they're doing it stronger than they ever have 
That's been my 45-minute presentation on Testament. (laughs) (laughs) That can count as two entries if you guys are, like, tired or something. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no man you were up there you were preaching the good word man i was i was i was engaged man i was like I, I hear you i was trying to clear my mouth out because i just drank this beer called mexican hot chocolate and it Dude, is no, like a, my friend goes hey i just got these stone brewing mexican hot chocolate beers what do you think of these i go dude for some reason mexican hot chocolate beers are never good like i've never had a good one let me be and real then, with you right now that my probably tastes like shit doesn't it no no, it oh, tasted okay. actually really good, uh, but my mouth it is literally on fire. This is O'Fallon Brewing from Was here in St. Louis. Those are my pumpkin pack. Yeah, this is a pumpkin on it. It, it fits somehow. <laughs> it says it says a Mexican hot chocolate pumpkin stout. I didn't really taste any of the pumpkin. All I tasted was the fire. Um, <laughs> I I did not I did not know that was a thing. By the way, my yeah. girlfriend just texted me and said, "Dude, in all." F- for like caps saying that sounds bomb. So absolutely. That's, cool. I don't know. I guess, I guess we'll try it too. <laughs> I mean, but I, I, I feel like I just ate a handful of fire ants. Um, it is. <laughs> I was dude, like, dude, ever man, seen, keep talking. Like, It'll feel better. Have you ever seen that? There's that one dude who likes to get bitten by an insects and stuff on national geographic or something. Does he like oh, to, or is he yeah. really well too? Uh, no, no, he, I'm he, pretty he, sure it's the second one. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, but like he actually goes to the Amazon to like, and you know he's hanging out with his tribe and stuff, and they're just chilling. And then they're basically like, "Hey, you want to be a real man?" And he was like, "I am a real man." And they're like, "Nah, you got to do this first. <laughs> and so they, what they do is they like put steam in like an ant hill where all these ants live, and then they knock them out, put them inside this freaking glove. Oh, and they get two of them, and they put his hands in there, and then they wake up, and then you just see him. He's just hanging out. He's like, and then all of a sudden he's like, oh, ah, ah, and he's, he's running around, and he yep. just can't do anything about it. And then they're like, take the pain. No man, that's that's the bullet ant. That's <laughs> totally different. That's like that's like one of the that's like the rite of passage of that tribe. And that's I, what I remember. Saying. Yeah, I remember watching that. No, the bullet ant is supposed to be like there, there's something I forget this guy and it's named after him, of course, but it's like this pain index of insect bites and stings. And I think the bullet ant is uh, I think it's labeled as the worst insect bite in the world, not sting, but it's like, yeah, because you see him and they're doing a dance and they're holding his hands up and his hands are in the gloves and after a while they're like dragging him because he's hallucinating and <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah, it's it's that's, gnarly. That's bad. It's yeah. weird that the conversation has gone this direction, but like <laughs> the funny story, the funny story is that like so uh, for his birthday, my my wife got my son um, a ant farm. <laughs> you know, just like one of those, you like filled up with those bullet ants. Oh my god! So they, well, they weren't. I don't think they were bullet ants, but they were. Um, they were really large ants. So like, my wife was like, she's she's kind of like into bugs. Like she knows a lot about bugs and stuff. So uh, we get these ants in the mail. They just mail us a test tube full of ants, right? For the uh, for for the ant farm. Yeah, what? no 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 joke. They just mailed us a test tube of ants. He's going to their um, backyard and they're just like, oh, here you go. 
Yeah, for real. But like, what was weird about it is that like they, uh, so they send us these ants, and they, it says in the instructions like you need to put the test tube in the refrigerator for however long because it like puts the ants to sleep or something. Yeah, yeah. So you can easily transfer them from the test tube into the ant farm. Well, <laughs> they, uh, my wife's like, I know more about bugs than the instructions, so she uh, she just opens it up, and then ants start crawling out all over the kitchen table, and um. We managed to catch most of them, right? But they were like big ants. They were like, they they were big. They were not like the ants that are in my backyard, because like I'm I'm like I'm like dead center in the Midwest, right? Um, so our ants are like super super tiny, but these are like big like Nevada ants, like they're gigantic. Um, and uh, so like my wife, like quick quick as it could be, she like closes the test tube throws the remaining ants into the refrigerator like she was supposed to and the, but the other one the other ones um she caught like individually well i've got four kids so like they're all trying to like help so they're like catching ants in their hands and like putting them putting them into the ant farm and um at this point um my daughter uh one, one of my daughters she's like uh she's like she has an ant and then she goes ow uh-oh. And I was like, I was like, did one of those ants bite you? No, it stung her because it turns out that these are called these ants that we have are called red harvester ants. And what like kind of apparently freaking shipping this stuff for a kid for a kid's ant farm, right? And um, <laughs> well, this, this thing this thing stings her. This thing stings her, and she's like howling in pain. <laughs> Like just, just howling in pain, and so I'm like, I'm like, what is going on here? So like, I I get my phone out, I'm like googling, um, because she's like, oh, it hurts, and I'm like, eat your dinner, because I'm like, how bad can an ant bite? How bad can an ant bite actually be? You know, right? Like you're you're you're, you're a thousand times bigger than the ant, like it's fine. Um, but then I look it up, and they're they're saying that like red harvester ants, like their venom is like the most powerful ant venom that's out there <laughs> and like oh yeah and this girl's like little i mean she's not like she's not any taller than like my desk down here you know like oh my um, gosh and the uh, some scientist or whatever described the pain of being being stung by a harvester ant uh is the same as like having somebody driving like a drill bit into your toenail <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Just and like, I was just like, oh my God. Like, why why would they? I mean, obviously we should have put them in the fridge first. Yeah. Like obviously, because when we transferred the rest of the ants, uh, when we transferred the rest of the ants into into the ant farm, uh, they were all asleep. Like their instructions were like absolutely correct. Um, but like, yeah, so she just put up with that. And like this morning, I was like, I was like, this was last night, by the way. Um <laughs> So uh this morning she's like I'm like how's your, how's your how's your finger or whatever she's like oh it's okay it's fine and I was like I was like either the information I read on these ants is incorrect or my kid is like 400 times tougher than I am like 
like beyond like I would have started screaming. I probably would have started crying, and I definitely <laughs> would have gone to the hospital like immediately. <laughs> like dude, it would have been like my girl. With oh knees. my god! I, I hope you guys don't terrible. go for like. I hope you guys don't get like a beehive, and then like all of a sudden it's like, oh, it happens to be African killer bees. Please like, don't say that. <laughs> Please don't say that. Please don't. I'll send. I'll send you guys a picture of the ants in the ant farm, and you guys, yes. can, you guys can judge for yourselves, dude. Now I want one of these things. Dude, they're oh, cool, God. man. Like they're all all the ants are like tunneling down into the sand and stuff. Like it's actually super cool, uh, despite you know the, the issues that we had. The, um, the story reminded me of that scene from CKY three, I think, where they free they catch a bee, they put him in the freezer, and then they tie a string around him and fly him around like a kite. <laughs> I've done that. I've done hmm. it too. It's a yes. lot of fun. <laughs> it is a lot of fun. Because you, like, I, we took our, we took ours to the park and walked. We we're like, oh, we're just walking. Oh my gosh. And people were like, what the fuck do you mean? And I go, look at the end. It's a bee on a string. <laughs> He's my pet. That's so. The but best part like, of that story is when my wife was like. She was like, "Ouch!" Because the curse. I was sitting there because I'm a terrible dad, right? So like, I'm, I'm sitting there <laughs> on the couch. I, I'm sitting there on the couch, like checking my phone, like probably posting something about Zayo, you know. Um, and she Keep goes, up. "Dan," and I was like, "I was like, what?" And she's like, "There's ants, ants going everywhere," and I was like, "That sounds okay, like I mean, a problem." Ants. So I immediately went for the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> was like the first thing was the first thing that I went for, and I was like, "Wait, do you want to catch these ants, or do you want me to kill them?" Because uh, I'm significantly better at one of those things than the other, you know. And she's like, "No, I don't want to kill. I don't want to kill them. We paid for them, you know. Like, don't, you know, like, no, you know." I was like, "Oh, no." Oh, my God. oh, uh, man. oh yeah. Man. So that happened. Um, yeah, what are we doing? Are, we're, we're, we're on uh, the last one. Grayson's going with his uh, last. Grayson's of going with his last pick. Okay, cool, cool. Oh yeah, we're t- oh yeah, records. Um, yep. Okay, paradigm shift. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give a little label love here to to our boys in Fit for a King. They came out with an album called The Path this year. Yeah, um, they did. Yeah. And uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's fit. I remember when Breaking the Mirror came out and I was just like, OK. And it's funny because so um, our buddy Daniel, right, <laughs> who's in uh, another solid state band, Phineas, uh, he actually produced the music on on our album, um, produced and, and recorded the, you know, engineered the tracking and all that stuff of the music on our record. And uh, this is his first album, like being in the band. And so, like, right when Breaking the Mirror came out, it's like automatically I heard some of the, you know, some of that uh, guitar work happening. But that song as a whole was awesome when it came out. It was like, dude, this is really, really cool. Um, and yeah, I mean, that album came out and man, there's some songs in there that are really, really great. Like, I think my I think my favorite song on the record is one called um, Louder Voice. It's like the second to last track on the record. It's just super dynamic um it's just got a lot of different flavors going on in there i think the chorus is actually one of the catchiest things uh on the record but i know that that also uh chart wise that that hit um i think the biggest numbers that the bands had so um yeah just big shout out to those guys man uh doing a great job releasing this thing during 
the midst in the midst of all this crazy stuff and um yeah just killing it dude yeah their live stream was was badass too yeah the live stream that they did right uh i think it was like right before the album release that was awesome um shout out to dan for the mix on that too i know that he mixed the whole thing so yeah it's funny because i always forget how good fit for a king is when i go for like when i go from like (laughs) Um, I go for like maybe a month or so without listening to them, and then either they drop a new record. They're kind of like August Burns, right? And that they just drop records all the time. And um, <laughs> but like, I I always forget just like the harsh vocal, the harsh vocals for Fit for a King are so harsh in comparison to like a lot of bands in their kind of kind of scene or whatever. And like they still have like the melodic vocals, they still have. They still have the hooks. They still have all that stuff or whatever. But I've never heard a band be so disgustingly heavy while still being like beautiful, <laughs> you know, yeah. at the same time. Like they, yeah. they absolutely just blow it out of the water almost every single time. And this new record, what's interesting is that like a lot of people were posting like basically just like shit talk, you know, online. Oh, it's, they've basically gone radio rock and they've basically done da 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 da. And I'm like, were we even listening to the same record? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like number one, I have I I, I find it very hard to believe or, or very hard to understand how this is in any way less heavy than other fit for a king records. Yeah. Number one. Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. Maybe they double down on the choruses a little more than they did in the past, but they also write choruses a lot better than they did in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's just passage of time, perfecting your craft, like yeah, um, learning how to do the thing that you do better, you know, and like, yeah, this new record was absolutely, absolutely killer. Like I, I, uh, I remember listening to it and again, because I was like, oh, fit for a king. I've listened to them for a while. I like, they're like, just like another melodic metalcore band. Like, <laughs> I, you know, it's, it's fine or whatever, you know? And then like, I listened to it and I was like, oh yeah, man this is the good shit. Like they're doing it again, you know, like, and um, yeah, they, they absolutely blew it out of the water here. And, um, and don't, don't discredit your yourselves either. As far as releasing a record, you know, amid, uh, amidst a pandemic, um, That's the honorable mention. <laughs> you guys had the, <laughs> you guys had the, uh, well, no, but I mean, you guys had, I feel like you guys have it even harder because you're putting out your debut, you know, uh, in, in the middle of all this stuff. And you're like, yeah, we got all these songs, and like now those songs are like old to us, and we kind of want to like, like, <laughs> you know, show you guys some 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 newer stuff, and like, you're you're just like, yeah, as, as soon as like, I'm gonna leave, allowed to leave the house, and people are you know gonna actually show up if we like <laughs> book something or whatever. Um, so I I would imagine that for you guys that that it's even even more so in the sense of like having kind of that itch of like we want to go out and do the things that bands do yeah and 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 just and just play and 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 have a good time and and do do our thing um so yeah i think uh i think that is worth an, an honorable mention and that you guys dropped your debut uh in the middle of all of this stuff where you didn't necessarily have like um you didn't have like 12 records of back catalog to to to, to draw from or or you know um or or anything like that so i i I definitely um i definitely have a lot of respect for you guys for for not pushing it back 
and and not keeping it to like just kind of getting it out for people because I do think that people need um people need something everybody's sitting at home people are bored people are upset and and stuff like that so so to 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 have new releases and even have releases from a band that maybe they haven't heard before um I think it's 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 ultimately a positive thing even if it's probably extremely frustrating for you guys yeah no thanks man really appreciate it like it's I mean, yeah, don't get us wrong. It's been weird, of course. Like, you know, we've kind of had this idea of, you know, what a debut release was going to look like. And this was not it. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, We were like, you know, we're like, we would, we would hopefully be on like at least tour number two right now, Mm -hmm. if if not more and, and being out there and everything. But yeah, you know, it was just one of those things where, Funny enough, as like we were getting towards the release of the record, like Joe and I were talking and kind of talking about how, like, what, what the record's about and the themes that are talked about in the record. And weirdly enough, it actually made a lot of sense to release the record in, in these times, uh, because of like a lot of the stuff that that's talked about on the album. Um, but, but yeah, man, it's, it's wild. Sometimes I think I was like, dude, depending on how long this goes for, it's like, by the time this is all over and we're able to go tour again, are we going to have a new album out? And it's like, yeah. well, Fury by Failure never got played live, so <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I mean, you know what I mean? Song from it live, like uh, make a new record, put it out, or and then never play anything from the record live, and then be all like, "Yeah, I'm sorry, man, you had to be in on the ground floor for that." I'm sorry, <laughs> you have to be at that one show where we played one song off of that record. We played, yeah, we played Empire. Play. You know, it's yeah, a, it's off our first record. You probably wouldn't understand. don't go to youtube and look it up because it's totally not there yeah it's it's not (laughs) it's not yeah it's not there right oh man yeah because this was uh we we played that song before we announced that we had been signed too yeah yeah so at at that point like uh it's funny um a buddy of mine uh who became a friend? I, I didn't. He went to the show, uh, but I didn't know who he was then. But um, he was all like, "It's funny." I was at the show, and I was like, "Oh, there's a you know, I know all these bands except for Lightworker. Uh, I'm gonna grab a beer during their set." And <laughs> um, and then like, and then he said that like you know, and then a few weeks later that you know we get announced, and then he was just like. I could have seen that you guys, and I just wanted to, I was like, I, what? He's all, dude. And I was like, well, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I hope it was a great beer, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it, better been, it better have been life-changing. <laughs> yeah. It was a dude, great I, show, though. Yeah, yeah I, I was going to say, dude, like, I've totally done that before, like, you know, I, I, I've been at shows where it's like, I didn't, I, I didn't know. I knew who a band was, but I never listened to their music. So I totally like skipped out on their set. And then, like two years later, I start listening to them. And I'm like, crap, I'm such an idiot. <laughs> I should have, I should have totally like stayed and listened to their set. So you know who that, uh, you know who, uh, that happened with, uh, when it came to me was, um, this band called mute math. Oh yeah. And, uh, because I went now. Okay. Yeah, I, I, um, <clears throat> one of the best live bands I've ever seen. Um, just so much energy, especially for a band that's not heavy. Um, and it, it was, it was interesting because I went over there. There you go. <laughs> yep. 
I went I went over the I went to uh, well actually it it, sh- it shut down uh, prematurely because of the epidemic. It didn't shut down because of the epidemic, but it shut down early because of the epidemic. Because uh, there's this uh, venue that we have over here called Slims, and um, I had uh, an acquaintance that played in the band that was opening for them called Zeta. And they were uh, on Tooth and Nail. And um, that's who I went out to see. And uh, they were like, oh, are you guys also here for Mute Math? And then me and my buddy were like, yeah, we're just going to head out after, you know, your guys had <laughs> set. And then we left. And then I remember like a few months later listening to their self-titled record. And I was like, this is incredible. And I completely missed out. And then when I saw them live, I was like, this is I'm such an idiot. <laughs> so, That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Well, I guess let's keep the train rolling. Um, let's see. We What do we all have? One last pick? Is that how the math works out? Well, he already, Grayson just did his. Grayson, <clears throat> Grayson did his. Um, yep. Okay. So it's yours, John. So my, uh, my last record, my, my top five before we get to honorable mentions after this is Body Count Carnivore. That record, just like Bloodlust, just like, you know, every honestly, really everything the band's ever put out. Super relevant to what's going on currently, culturally. Um, I mean, even to the fact that since the band's been back in the last four four years or so, um, you know, Ice-T basically saying in the... Uh, in one of the songs off this record, you like, you know, he's like, you know, police brutality and all this kind of shit's nothing new. I've been talking about this shit. I've been really talking about this shit for fucking 30 plus years, you know, going back to cop killer and stuff like that. But like, it's, uh, it's one of those where body count, especially teaming with Will Putney, you know, some bands just when they lock in with a producer, magic happens and Will Putney and body count just create bangers. It sounds great. You know, the delivery that I says obviously is completely different than anything anyone else will ever do. Uh, all of their guests are always great. Uh, you know, RIP uh, Riley from uh, Power Trip, you know, on this fucking uh, album as well. Uh, even pulling in like veterans of the, the hardcore metal scene over the last couple of records. Um, it's it's just an incredible record. Um, you know, Dan and I talked about it after getting to interview Ernie. And I was like, you know, any band who would put in like pseudo skits in the middle of the fucking record of like, you know, like if you go back to Bloodlust, uh, Ski Mask Way, where like Ice is recreating like a robbery. <laughs> and he's like, you keep, you keep talking shit. I'm going to grab your bitch. You know what? Matter of fact, grab his bitch. No, I'm not going to shoot you. I'm going to shoot your bitch. And it's like, you're like, is this a bridge? Like, what is this? <laughs> um, but it's one of those like where it works, and like even on Carnivore, like the I mean, the title track has like a like pseudo dinosaur growling in it, like where he's like Carnivore, roar, and you're like, in any other band that'd be so fucking hokey, but it just adds to like almost like the I don't want to say necessarily the integrity, but like it just kind of adds what to what body count is it, it like no other mm-hmm. band can do that and get away with it like i just feel like any other band who would do like a weird like kind of skit or something or like acting out something in the middle of a song or throwing in weird samples and like you know again going back to blood bloodlust there was a fight and there's just fake like batman punching noises and shit and you're like <laughs> this 
why would you put this in here? Like, this is kind of like B movie level esque, but for some reason, like I said, body count can do it. And you're just like, yeah, that's fucking badass. It's <laughs> so, almost like a black exploitation film within the record, almost. It like. Yeah, kind of a little bit. Obviously, with, you know, Ice being an actor and being into a lot of different stuff and bringing up social issues. But uh, I just, you know, this really sucks because this might have been one of the few years I might have actually got to see body count since they toured because they only. They have like a very finite window of touring before ice has usually got to do SVU. So it's yeah. like they were supposed to hit up a lot of the festivals this year. So I was really looking forward to finally getting to see body count. And obviously that did not happen, but um, this is a record as I was kind of going back through like what came out. And I was like, I remember like the first song came out toward the end of uh, actually, I think the actual first song for carnivore, the title track came out like at the very end of last year. So I was like, oh, fuck, I think that came out last year. I was like, wait, no, it dropped like really early because we talked to Ernie like in like February, like right as all of this had just happened. Because uh, I think he was one of my first interviews since uh, I went to that Kill Switch tour with August Burns Red and did those two interviews. And then literally the next day, everything just fucking shut down. So yeah. I think Ernie was one of the first I had done since the pandemic really was what it is now. Um, So, yeah, great record, great band. And I think it appeals to people who are like sort of like Dan's was Testament, something for the older fans. Uh, if you have been around for a while with the band and definitely got that new sound that, you know, I think a lot of kids getting into heavier music might be really into as well. Do you think that um, they'll ever have Chris Brown from Trapped on as a guest on their future records? You know who I feel like might actually be like, and I know you're making a joke. You know who I feel like might actually be on some shit in this year. <laughs> It has me kind of excited. Is that uh uh shit? What the fuck is his name? That Nick like McRiblet or whatever dude that does like all the so he went and hung out with Ice for real. Like there's photos on both of their social media, and if you follow Ice on Twitter, like he's been blowing that dude up. Like dude, you like real ones recognize real all this kind of shit. Like they were hanging out. Don't know if they recorded anything. I just saw that that same dude, uh, that Nick dude, was in the studio with Snoop Dogg the other day. So like. Do you want and then, and like obviously he did that shit with Eric Badu. So like as far as I'm concerned, 2020 fucking sucks. That dude for him, it's a win. Like that dude has won. <laughs> Is that the uh, so you're, you're talking about like the guy who's like uh, he's also like a hardcore legend though, right? I don't know. I, I don't know much of his back. I bet I messaged him a while, like a long time ago when his stuff first started popping up on all my social media. And I was like, this dude's kind of interesting. It's like very, you know, cause at the same time I was seeing this dude pop up in all my socials, it was, and I just saw a video of this fucking dude earlier today and haven't seen anything since, um, is the, the weird spastic drummer. Mm-hmm. Where he'd put the snare on the table and then just grab the microphone and just start basically throwing it around and having a seizure basically with this thing. And people were like, Oh, it's the greatest thing I've ever seen. And you're like, that's, I'll tell you what, I'll be like Pip from fucking uh, Airheads and fart on a snare drum. Like, <laughs> like it's not that great. Or go see the chariot. <laughs> At least there's some musicality to that. Is there? Is there really? Uh, we won't get into the discussion John and I had about that off mic the other night. But it was brutal. I definitely would have no listeners after that. But like, Sorry, his name is Mark Re- Rebelt? Rebelt? R-E-B-I-L-L-E-T. I like how in your brain that that just translates riblet. Well, I li- that's literally what I wrote, though, is I wrote Nick Nick Rib- Hold on. I'll share my screen riblet. so you can legitimately see how riblet. I spell this. Ribbit. Are you so, sure you weren't just hungry? 
I literally, if you look at my search at the top, it says Nick McRiblet, Erica Badu. McRiblet, wow, wowza! Like, but this dude, like, he just creates like a loop. Oh, we're not, we're not doing political ads. Okay, that's done. Um, (laughs) I don't endorse that person. I don't even know who it is. Um, It sounds like if McDonald's were to start serving like. Frog Travis legs. Scott meals with actual like uh, mixtapes in their fries. <laughs> <laughs> with every with every uh, double size fry you get, you get a. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay, so hold on. Can we, Dan? Can we talk about the emails you and I get uh, from from I'd SoundCloud people not. every every other day? Going, hey, so like I have beats and you can have them, and then like two days after that, they'll be like, just checking up if you want to like get some beats for free, and I'm like. I know I'm on SoundCloud. We're a fucking part. I literally emailed one dude one day because he emailed me three times in a matter of like two and a half days. And now he goes, so you want to like, I just want to see if you like want to buy some beats. I was like, we're a podcast. What the fuck are we going to do with beats? <laughs> and then he was just like, I was like, we're not sway in the morning. I don't have the people come on and drop like a hot 32, like over your beat. Like that have never heard it. Like, that's not what we do. And so finally, like the guy was like, oh, I, I don't know. Like maybe you need intro music. I was like, I was like, I'm going to do you the same service you obviously have done with my show. Uh, I do you like, I assume you're going to be great over a metal hardcore podcast, right? Like people will love it. And he was like, Oh, well, um, I was like, just because I'm on SoundCloud does not mean, I mean, I love rap and hip hop, but like, doesn't mean I'm like trying to get people to hear me fucking bust, like, you know, a hot verse on somebody's shit. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's the, that's my favorite email that we have gotten recently. Well, because like, so we, we get emails from like publicists, like letting us know like new releases and, and like stuff like that. And like, that's all cool. That's how we get a lot of interviews, you know, yeah. but like the, the thing that um, there was this one where you can always tell when it's a band that has like a social page and like 10 followers and like, they might be a great band, but like, we never get to that point, you know, like, cause it's, <laughs> they, they, they're, they they've, they've got 10 followers and a publicist. And the publicist is like their buddy Steve from down the down the street, right? Um, and he'll send us a message being all like, "Yo, checked out your show, and uh, you know I think that you would be a good fit to re- to 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 speak with my artist." Uh, who is da 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 da? And it's like when you're re- dealing with a publicist, like a real band, they'll just like straight up be like, "Hey, hate breeds doing." press next week you want in or something like that you know what i mean like like kind of like like you know when you're talking to somebody like legit when you're talking to somebody that's not legit they like will send you this big wordy email about like trying to overhype oh yeah yeah like my client who is an international sounds like paul Heyman from wwe and by international (laughs) they mean like they have a hundred hits on YouTube and we paid for 80 of them, you know, like it's, you know, one of those. Um, and that's not to discourage like up and coming bands or anything, but like, I would rather the band reached out to us themselves, you know, like versus, you know, um, versus like some, some dude that they know sending an email, but we had, we got one recently where the, the, the subject of the email was shut up, Karen. <laughs> and like because they wanted us to click on the email i guess like it's like clickbaiting in, in email oh in inboxes and um it was just some band obviously that like no one had ever heard of um and it was some dude promoting the road ever but like their record wasn't even like called that 
or they had like basically the email body had nothing to do with the subject of the email at all. <laughs> and I was just like, so I'm sitting there at work, like, what, about, like, what, what, what are they actually, what do you think their success rate is of people actually responding to that email? And some podcast, like, 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 what, like, what do they expect? Like, because you know, you know, they sent that email to like Mark Marin or something, you know, like, like, you know, they're expecting like it's going to be like a two and a half hour interview, and they're going to, um, and they're they're going to, uh, end up becoming international legends because I sent an email that had the subject line of "Shut up, Karen." Like that's somebody thought that, and then they thought that enough to actually like put it into the world and like make it a real thing. And it just absolutely just blows my mind. And John's like crying over there. I was going to say, John is is losing it. That is not the most most outrageous email we've ever gotten. No, I wasn't laughing at that. I was looking for something uh, again, just for one of my honorable mentions to make sure it came out uh, when it came out. And I went to, I went to the band's Twitter Whatever, I'll, I'll fucking do this because it's only like twenty seconds. But uh, so I'm on Twitter looking for the thing, and what I end up finding is this video of oh, why is this? Why is it's playing down on. at the bottom? Yeah, yeah. Hold on. So the kid, the kid is eating unsweetened Hershey's cocoa. <laughs> How disappointing! But, no, uh, but wait, but the reaction. <laughs> You'll you'll all know you'll all know you'll all know why I was laughing real hard. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh. That's what I. That's how I felt when I heard those inflamed re-record. But it was it was it was just the spinning of the of the powder that I was not expecting at any time, especially since that's not it at all what I was looking for. <laughs> Thank you, algorithms. Right. Where are we at? Where are we at? Um, Honorable mentions, I, I guess. Are, are we yeah. are we at the final record? I haven't done my number one yet. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So John's was body count, and then yep. Joe goes after John. Oh, I've already said my number five. Yeah, he already did his. Wait, oh, you okay. did, Joe. I don't think you did all five. I, I don't think you did all five either. What, what were they? What were they? Because Caspian were, was number one, right? But yeah, yeah, Caspian was number one, and then I did Misery Signals, Dens, um, The Ocean. Oh yeah, The Ocean. That's uh, five. Yeah, Cinco. Wait, what? That's four. Wait, yeah, Caspian, Misery Signals, The Ocean, the ocean Dens. Dens. What was the fifth the one? Yeah. Oh snap! Yeah, I was gonna say because I went, I went first, and I. Oh, just I think did. I think what fucked me up is like, and I should have. I told you guys, I'm not one. a smart guy, but I can count. <laughs> do you know what love is, though? I am not a smart man, and I do not know what love is. All right. <laughs> like it's I don't not know, putting like, your dick I in love... a dirty, diseased woman. <laughs> I don't know, man. I love. My I, I don't know. Here's the thing. I like my Zayo Blood and Fire shirt, but I love my Zayo Splinter Shard shirt. So <laughs> that's right. all I know about love. Um. <clears throat> well, well, if you want me to go, I I I, I was gonna have do it to then. Honor, honor mention, but should, should I go ahead and say it? Do it. Yes. Do it. 
Yeah, it's uh, the 1975 Notes on a Conditional Form. I yeah. really, it's funny because I absolutely love the record. Just one song that I always, I actually don't like at all, so I just deleted it from my like library, but everything else I absolutely love. Yeah, the the Cheeto song. The Cheeto song, yeah. The that's Cheeto the song. One I, uh, yeah, it's the one I don't like. But um, that band is, I mean, pop music is, especially the way they do it, is not easy to write. It takes a lot of talent and yeah. it takes a lot of, uh, I don't know. And especially the length of their records are just ridiculous. And, uh, 22 tracks. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, it's, I mean, I really, I really, I thought for me, you know, it was, uh, probably a record that I like. It's probably my second favorite record by them. Wow. So, yeah, I like it more than their second record, which has now been bumped down to the third, my third favorite. So, uh, wow. but um, yeah, I really, I really enjoy that record. It's definitely like a good times kind of vibe, and um, yeah, it's good times. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, I guess if I had to go with the number one, it would have to be the uh, you know. The the twenty fifth anniversary re release of Clayman by Infla I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> that record is that record is is Clayman. The album is is fantastic. Uh, the the re recorded versions of those songs from twenty five years ago are hot garbage. Like don't bands bands all the four people that are watching this right now. <laughs> Because let's be honest, they all checked out during the fire ant story. But like, it's <laughs> here. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Bands don't go back and re-record your material because number one, even if you do a decent job, the best you're going to do is decent. Um, especially if it's off of a classic record. Um, you know, even even some of my favorite bands of all time say that to have re-recorded have re-recorded albums. Or re-recorded tracks. Don't do it. It's a bad idea. Amberly did that, that with Feel Good Dragon. That's arguably what t- took them off, though. There's always going to be an this exception. There's always <laughs> going to be an exception. But I think for the vast majority, if Metallica goes back and re-records five songs from Master of Puppets, it's, you, we're going to hate it. We're going to hate it. It's just the way it is. Uh, which is why my number one pick, and again, I'm being that guy, will be the 2020 album uh, Moment by Dark Tranquility. It's not out yet, but... Here you go, Grayson. I called it. <laughs> oh, you called it? That that was going to be my number one? I said, I, I'm not going to sit there and talk about records that, like... Because what's hard is, like, in prepping for this, there's stuff that, like, either A, I've kind of forgotten about, or more to the point, some of the stuff that we've been listening to lately, like, I think the Ghost Kid record's really good, but I'm not going to talk about a record that no one's heard. And I was like, it'd be like me, like since we just got done doing the Dark Tranquility chat a couple of days ago, that it'd be like me being like, oh, the new Dark Tranquility, my album of the year. And people are like, what the fuck? Like, there's a song out. <laughs> I don't care. Okay. Um, I, I just think that's I just think that's kind of like cheating I'm, at this point. I'm just being real. Like, I don't care. Um, it is that good. It is um, because whenever we first started talking about it, when John was prepping up for the interview, 
uh, that I didn't get to do because it was like during my work day. And um, I'm going to apologize for next uh, Thursday's interview, too, because I know you'll want to be a part of that. Hate breed. Mm hmm. Yeah. But hey, I think we're, we, we, you know, actually, I think, I think next Thursday, I think we might be getting, we might be getting the beer too. I don't know. I probably won't be able to get in time, but I'm starting to feel like I might be coming down with something. I might be sick that day. Um, but we'll see. Um, I'm going to be hungover as fuck. So my boss watches all this stuff. So this is actually really hilarious, but like, um, yeah, but like, seriously, that record is, is really, really, really good. It is an absolute return to form for, Dark Tranquility. They had they lost a major songwriter uh, between this record and the last. And they honestly, <laughs> honestly, they definitely made up for it. Yeah, like hundred percent. No joke. This sounds like um, this sounds, sounds like fiction more, to me a little bit. Yeah, it sounds more like fiction, even a little bit of character. Um, mm-hmm. Dark Tranquility. Um, it is absolutely killer. Um, Michael's clean vocals are on point. Um, and really like it is, it is, it is, it is a fantastic record. And as much as I, as much as I shit on Gothenburg death metal, like melodic death metal and stuff, because it's just been done to death. Um, Dark Tranquility is one of the, one of the, you know, originator bands of that style. And like it shows because they have a mastery over that style that I feel like other bands, even other bands of their caliber, caliber in flames, um, just absolutely <laughs> cannot cannot reach that level and dark tranquility is doing it almost effortlessly and um so that, what do you think record, about the uh the newer soil work stuff the newer soil soil work stuff is good because um yeah absolutely it's not going to be like the old soil work like the really old soil work stuff um it's not going to be quite as heavy but at the same time um it's, it's not really like point, though. what's that I said the the band that made those records, other than it's Bjorn, gone. It's, it's gone. It's so. gone. Yeah. So it's it's the Bjorn show, uh, but I'm I'm totally fine with it because it's not like that band going in a more melodic direction wasn't like was going to be like a surprise for me, especially not um, just having the drama. Yeah, and I feel like mm-hmm. um, I feel like they've always had kind of breadcrumbs that that it that that he was kind of wanting to go in a more melodic a little bit more like uh, i don't want to say like rock it's not rock it's still very metal and i think that's i think i think melodic metal the concept of melodic <laughs> metal is lost on a lot of people uh especially nowadays where you think oh metal so it's going to be like super super heavy you know like like in the case of strain sort of thing but like metal metal also has a very 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 strong backbone of very melodic and easy to get into music so yeah. I feel like in that regard, um, soil work is actually really kind of just doing what they've always been doing. Um, even if they have like really not that many, re- well, really only one original member. Um, but I think, you know, I think the newer soil work stuff is, is fantastic and absolutely was uh, pretty predictable. If you look at, if you look at the rest of their catalog. So like I'm not I'm not upset about it. I don't feel betrayed by it. Uh, they definitely didn't go in with the new lineup and re-record a bunch of songs like classic Soilwork songs and try to pass those off as you know better somehow. Uh, I'm really I'm really butthurt about this influence. Very very bitter. Um, uh, it's like they did this to me. Like they they literally just sent me an email that just said "fuck you, Dan." Listen to these. I think- <laughs> Um, I think uh, Soilwork also has something new coming out. Uh, I think uh, in a 
later this week or no next week they've got something new coming out so i mean i don't know if it's an album it looks like it's a music video so maybe it's a new song but we'll see i haven't heard it yet so uh but you know next time we do like a top five i'll like wait until it's like five or six weeks out and be all like i've heard it and it's incredible you know but like <laughs> i think uh, i i think uh if you haven't listened to john's interviews with bjorn they are they're really good um it's usually because they're drinking <laughs> yeah they they just sit down and start drinking and start talking and it's it's always uh it's always very on brand, on brand. <laughs> absolutely absolutely but yeah dude dark tranquility that's that that's my top record for the year um it's, let's it's do a, uh like yeah. testamented absolutely um a return to form i feel like for the band let's uh to, to kind of wrap this up let's do three honorable mentions each and instead of going around and doing one just do like your yeah. three quick little whatever and then we'll uh we'll wrap this up so start with grayson shoot well don't start with me i got i had five that i even remembered came out this right. year we'll go so, with joey because he's got a list i'm gonna do some re- i'm gonna cheat and do some research while you guys <laughs> <are doing this. laughs> all right uh honorable mentions uh for me uh let's see umbra vitae a shadow of life which is uh jacob bannon from converge's uh death metal side project oh yeah yeah John martin in that too yep yeah, the yeah. guys from the red cord and 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 whatnot that's a it's a very quick burst of just quality death metal i mean it just it, it is it it just it's what what it is what they set out to do and it's and it's 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 awesome um let's see here another record um oh our label mates uh from the tooth and nail side not solid state uh idle threat uh nothing is broken for good they released a really quality um i don't know what they would consider themselves style wise but to me it reminds me a lot of like the old school kind of like Midwest kind of emo stuff, like some casket lottery in there, some, uh, you know, but there's some screaming that reminds me of like the early two thousands stuff that I grew up listening to. Um, and, uh, but, but I, I absolutely love it. I think their new EP is fantastic. Um, and you know what, uh, I'm going to, another one too. It's been a really good year for, uh, I guess kind of more melancholy music. Uh, Tiger Wine, also. Nothing is for you. They they released a really good. Uh, I I don't even. It's kind of shoegazy, kind of not. Um, but it's just very cerebral stuff, and uh, you could just tell that they're very passionate about the music that they make, and uh, it's just perfect fall weather stuff. So um, those are my honorable mentions. And yes, Dan. <laughs> uh, well, uh, for me, honorable mentions. This is this is hard, but I'm gonna go. Um, oh no! Okay, one of my honorable mentions was 2019 because I suck. I was gonna say it was the new November's Doom album, mm-hmm. uh, Nephilim Grove, but that came out in 2019, and I'm just realizing that now. Um, I definitely did not get my copy until 2020, but we'll leave that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, leave that where it is. Um, definitely like in the capstan record. Yep. Uh, definitely the new ghost inside. Um, absolutely awesome. I know there was some controversy about it, but like, I really don't care about all that stuff. Um, I, I love the record. 
Um, and it was a, a really, like, you know, I, I've used this term a lot tonight, but return to form, even though the band never really faltered uh, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but yeah, absolutely 100%. Um, the Ghost Inside, just killer. One of my favorite bands. Um, and I can't like, I, I just, I, I'm super stoked that they're back, especially with all the, all the, um, I almost said roadblocks, but I feel like that's in bad taste. Um, but just all of the issues that they've had, um, over the past few years and just seeing them kind of recover from that and, and come back out strong, uh, has been really inspiring, <laughs> uh, a hundred percent. And, uh, next one is, uh, misery signals, obviously. Um, ultraviolet we, we've all talked about it we all love it it is a absolutely killer record um you know and i think i was talking to joe about this a while back but it it it's and, and actually he brought it up and i i didn't say anything but it is a little lighter than i maybe had wanted it to be but i'm i'm kind of past that at this point i've listened to the record so many times that I, like i don't even care that it's a little bit more melodic and a little bit less heavy but like i don't know um, there's still a lot of bands out there that are attempting to do, to do this style uh, that are a lot worse than Misery Signals, <laughs> you know. So um, I'm I'm 100% on board. Uh, and then my last one, uh, since I've been cheating the whole night, I'm going to cheat on this one too. Uh, and, and I'm going to throw out uh, this is not this is a record that's already come out. Oh, um, but it is uh, it is it is the Zayo Preface album. Uh, and it's not really even an album, and that's why it's cheating because it's uh, it's a bunch of demos uh, from the band's early days, um, and it's a it's kind of a it's kind of the the era of Zayo that I know the least about, and so it was kind of cool hearing their like original original vocalist singing on some of the old songs, um, or you know obviously singing for the first time songs that he'd written. So it was cool hearing quote unquote new songs from that era of the band. Cause like I've got some of the demo tapes and some of the splits and stuff that they did. That's so those songs were featured on and they sound so unbearably horrible uh, that like, it's, it's a cool thing to like take pictures of and put it in your Zayo fan group. Um, but like, it is absolutely like they were unlistenable and what they've done with this release of they, they've taken these songs, they've cleaned them up. And they've turned everything way up, you know, because um, some of the cassettes I have, like you can, you can almost barely hear anything going on. Um, but they they've restored these songs uh, to to a really 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 nice level. And uh, for for a collection of demo tracks, at fourteen tracks long, um, and they all sound really good. Um, yeah, it's absolutely absolutely awesome. And I, I love. Uh, I, I love having having those songs and having kind of a more complete picture of where the band started. Are you going to try to raffle off your copy? Uh, no, because that's um, that's bullshit. Um, <laughs> All right, so, you know, just just throwing it out there. That's literally just I don't I can't even. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's kind of an inside joke between me and Daniel. But <laughs> I can't I, I cannot comment. Only if you label them. <laughs> I cannot yeah. comment. I cannot comment. John, how about you? Stupid. So, group. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a, I'm gonna cheat because two of mine are EPs. So that together we'll make a, a full. Um, I'm gonna go first with uh, again just to be you know different for me. 
Uh, Halsey's latest record, Manic, has been really good. Um, I have a thing for female vocalists, if you really can't tell from a lot of this. I mean, not, not from my top list, but uh, just in general. Um, I think she's got a great voice. I love kind of just her, her vibe and, you know, working with all kinds of different producers, uh, just creating different sounds. Been kind of a fan since my wife started listening to Badlands, like before she blew up. Uh, really jealous, actually. My wife went to go see her on that tour uh, before she was like a big pops person now like she is because it would have been kind of cool to go see her uh you know in a kind of smaller theater on the on the way up um because i like we were talking earlier like we were like oh i missed this band fuck i was an idiot um years later being so into them but um that's sort of the fun thing of checking out bands of all kinds is sometimes you're introduced to new people that uh be really good but i like halsey i like what she stands for and i think she's really good um the other ep the first ep i i yeah. Okay. Great. Thanks for that. Um, the other EP that I'm going to start with is uh, Villa Vallo. I'm a huge him fan. So the fact that when him broke up, that was pretty disappointing. The uh, band, most of the band at this point has uh, started a band called flat earth, which not a great name. Uh, music's okay. They're kind of going more of like the seventies kind of stoner rock uh, vocally. So not necessarily super into it. Um, but Valo finally put out a, a solo EP called Gothica Fenica volume one and has that hymn sound that if you're into it, like it's, it's there. Um, so pretty stoked on it. Hoping, hoping to uh, have him come on soon. It looked like as of when the CP dropped, we were supposed to be able to get a show, which would have been for me. I probably would have shit my pants and peed all over them and, and all that just to get to talk to him. But uh, maybe, maybe next year is what we can. Well, what a story! Things. What a story they would have gotten from that. I know. Hi, I'm literally shitting and pissing my pants. I think I missed my exit too. I don't know. I'm in my car. Um, <laughs> the other EP to make the uh, one full length, uh, 18 Visions Inferno. They just yeah. dropped it probably like three weeks ago. Uh, I'm actually talking to James two times next week. Yeah. I didn't get, I wasn't able to get the pre-order. So I'm really bummed. <clears throat> um, cause I almost was going to say vanity. Cause technically they re-released vanity. They re-recorded some of it. It sounds great. Cause it sounds like new, newer sounding 18 visions as far as yeah. production goes. Um, but that's not a new record, but no Inferno is really great. I'm excited to talk to James a little bit about 18 visions and then probably bullshit about other stuff. Cause <clears throat> honestly, I, I love the approach they're taking right now where they're like, we don't give a fuck. We're doing everything ourselves. We think it's cool. We don't like straight up James and he'll probably say this. So I don't feel out of like I'm talking out of turn, but um, you know, they're picking what press they do. And he straight up was just like, we're not trying to get new fans. Our fans are our fans. And if you like us, you'd like us. And if you fucking don't, then you fucking don't, we don't care. We're not trying to be the biggest band. Like we know what we are and we're just going to be that. And I think that's so commendable because you see a lot of these bands coming back and you you wonder if it's a well you know we get so much credibility for starting this sound and then all these bands got way bigger on something that we started when we had to eat shit and didn't get anything so now it's our time to get fucking paid and you can definitely tell that that's not how any of the 18 visions do are they're just like fuck it like josh james is in like 10 million fucking bands and you know uh (laughs) fucking one dude's like manager of who who is uh Keith uh managing? I forget, but like bass nectar or something like that. Like some big fucking arena like level band doesn't have time to like do 18 visions full time. But it's like all those dudes are in it just to fucking do it and make great music. And ever since they've come back with 18, 
it's still fire, got. dude. Yeah. And then like, getting, we went out to, and then I just saw this in my time hop recently. Like we went out to, or preparing to go out to LA to go see him at the Roxy. Uh, once 18 came out and it was just like, even when they play like old songs, like tower of snakes and stuff like that, like, <clears throat> you know, they kind of pretty much forego any of like the, the quote unquote, like, but rock era of the band um, yeah. towards the end. And they just play a lean, mean fucking set that reminds you of why they, everyone loved them in the beginning from until their ink runs out and vanity and all that to even what they're doing now. And the new songs sound great against the old songs. Like it just sounds like a band that's been around for 20 years and never took it to any time off. And yeah, this, this uh, EP, if you've not checked it out is just insanely good. I saw them. Uh, I saw them live actually. Uh, during i'm not sure if we would call it the tour cycle for 18 because like you said they kind of do things on their own terms but they they had a handful of dates uh and and uh, i went to the same show um i saw them uh at uh here in the bay area oh okay then no yeah um but uh i shoot what what's what was the name of the venue we played the lot of the last show we played grayson the ritz i saw them with the ritz but they played the main room and it was crazy because it reminded me of being in high school again, where uh, except everybody's about 20 pounds heavier. And, um, and but I mean, dude, like the, the it was the air was electricity that night. There was blow on the floor by the second band. Um, I mean, it was insane. And they put on such a great show. Like you said, I mean, you can't tell that they haven't missed a beat. And, um, you know, they, and, uh, Keith actually, uh, recorded, uh, Inferno by himself. And he, uh, did you read his Instagram post where he said that, like, he actually brought his recording rig to work Mm -hmm. and during lunchtime, that's when he would actually track some stuff or like edit stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's insane. And I mean, like that, that goes to show that they're doing it because they actually love to do it and they're not on a label anymore. No, mm-hmm. this is, I mean, the, they made vinyl for the fans, like, and, yeah. you know, like, I think that's incredible that they would actually do that. Um, and it also goes to show that they, yeah, again, they, they love making music. So, yeah, that's that's a great honorable mention. Fully back. And then this is my last one, just because of how quickly it came out. And we haven't had time to, I haven't had time to really get into it, but the new. Death yeah, Tons. I've only listened to like maybe once through once or twice through. <laughs> I uh, I'll definitely say, and I know a lot of people give me shit for this, but I mean I I'm literally on record talking about every single Deftones song other than this record uh, in existence. Um, so I'm not going to beat any of that to death. I will say I was interested to see what was going to happen with this record with them getting back with Terry Date. Um, yeah, I thought they had something great going with Nick Rasculinus. I think you know Diamond Eye sounds great. I think Koino Yokan sounds great. Um, you know what he was able to pull out of the band, I think, was really good sonically. Sounds great. Um, Gore was a pretty big letdown for me. It feels like a lot of ideas that were not really fleshed out. Um, and I think you I even said it, man. No, well, you know what the funny thing is, is I feel like you know I caught a lot of shit for my my take on Gore as the songs and as the full record, where I said it just feels like. It feels like it was a, yeah, we got enough. We'll put out a record because it was either fulfilling the contract or whatever. But I was like, I I didn't ever get the feeling like I did with Diamond Eyes or Cornel Yokan where it felt like this is a record that the band worked on and really honed in the songs. 
Yeah, oh, it's, it's a jam record. But it's been interesting to hear in light of all the press cycle for this record, Chino basically saying like and saying like that's what happened. It was like, no, nah, we just kind of got to the point where like, you know, we weren't really we all kind of worked individually. Stefan wasn't really involved. So like that aspect of it isn't there. And we just kind of felt like there needed to be a time frame like because the, the label is like we need a record by this date. And I genuinely think that's what led to the record just feeling so weird and not cohesive. Like, yeah, I think some of the parts work. And if they got to explore and work on them at their own pace, which admittedly is a snail's pace most of the time. But this record so far from the few spins, I've really gotten to sit down with it with good headphones and not being distracted. It, I still think my rule of three applies because White Pony is considered like to some, it's their best record. It's a classic. Diamond Eyes was the next third record and it brought them back and it's a classic. And for a lot of people, either that's their number one or it's their number two. I think this incorporates so much of those two records between some of the newer lower ends that, you know, Stefan's doing with his now nine string guitar and, you know, Chino really coming into his own as a guitar player as well and figuring out how they work in a sonic dynamic together as guitar players. And uh, this this record on this, uh, the few spins I've given it feels very it feels very different lyrically. It feels very more head on and not so abstract. And I feel like that's kind of what made me fall in love with Diamond Eyes a lot more is it felt more raw and real versus being abstract for the like i feel like at times white pony was very like up its own ass pretentious but it worked to its strength like that's its, <laughs> one of its strengths yeah but i feel like with diamond eyes and now this record i feel like they've kind of chino has figured out lyrically that you don't always have to be abstract and, and different like i think that's something that's also one of my other favorite bands has made every time i die be a n- completely new band is ever since low teens or I'm sorry, not low teens. Ever since, uh, uh, fuck, why am I blanking on the, the record name? Uh, the one with the cop on the cover. Well, and I'll see it in just a second. Um, X Lives. So, ever since X Lives, you know, I feel like Keith's lyrics, and especially once you get to, uh, um, the next record, he abandoned more of the metaphors. That's not a very European way I said that. More of the metaphors uh, he started dropping and started being more direct and honest. And I feel like it made me connect with the band way more instead of having, you know, sort of like you were talking about earlier, Grayson, I think with like the whole taste of chaos scene, it's like, instead of talking in metaphors and shit like that, it's like, as you get older, sometimes it's, it's more impactful to not have the cool line that everyone that will be on your t-shirt or that everyone will chant out when you, you know, put the microphone out and instead, you know, say something that actually means something that's going to connect with a lot more people. And I feel like, that's something Deftones has been doing a lot of over the last couple of records. And I feel like it's something a band like every time I die is, is turning that corner and making them appeal to a older generation that is allowed to, that has been allowed to grow with them. Mm-hmm. No, totally. I think that new Deftones record, I, I think there's, it's funny because the only song I have been vibing with was actually the, the very first single. Um, See, the- I did. So when I was actually at Scott Bowling's to do my interview, when we were done, he was just playing music and they were like, Oh, the new Deftones. I was like, turn it off. And they're like, why you don't like it? I was like, I haven't listened to the whole record because it burned me with gore. Cause like I sat there and I was like, is this it? <laughs> like I waited, I waited for this. Yeah. 
And so I was hoping that wasn't going to happen with this record, but for the most part, the general consensus I kept seeing from the singles released was a lot more consistently positive than I saw with Gore. It, it reminded me more of like Kona Yokan and, and Diamond Eyes. But those are the records pretty much since Diamond Eyes going forward. I've waited until like I have the whole record because I feel like since White Pony, it's conditioned me to realize they're in more of an album band now versus here are the singles. Yo, definitely. I feel like that kind of started happening after, uh, I would say, after Saturday Night Wrist, you know, like mm-hmm. that's kind of, I mean, because Hole in the Earth is a great single, but I don't think it actually represents the bulk of the album. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, uh, you know, like Diamond Eyes is actually my favorite album by, by, by Death Note. Um, it's, you know, I, it, it's, it's insane how they were able to pull together after She's Death um and just make something like it's art man you know it's it's beautiful it's it's a beautiful uh powerful record and um you know and i i think we're you know like you said gore kind of i like a couple of songs on there but this one's like okay they 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 called up steph and we're like i think i read an interview where chino said that he actually went over to steph's place for like a couple of weeks and they just hung out and just connected again. That way they could write riffs and, you know, like, Hey dude, what do you want to hear on this record? And this record is heavier than Gore. And it actually, to me, sounds more Deftones than Gore was Gore. Like you said, it's just Gore sounds a like a crosses record to me or team sleep. Yeah. Team sleep. I could see for sure. Yeah. So, but anyway, yeah. Dude. Well, speaking yeah. Speaking of sleep, I already <laughs> did my. Did we? Ever, did okay. Grayson ever do his? No, he was researching. That's oh yeah. Was well, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So all right. So my. Um. Let's see. Three honorable mentions. So I'll definitely do uh, misery signals. Um. Ultraviolet. That's that's something that Joe turned me on to, and I have the album. I I actually just got it a week ago. Um. Uh, on vinyl but um it's something that i've heard a couple of times and i really liked i think i just need to dive into a little bit more but it's really good from what i heard uh it's a band that joe always told me it's like he knows what kind of music i like and he's like dude have you not gotten into this band yet i'm like all right all right all right i just need to take the time to sit down and like listen to stuff i don't like you know i think john was mentioning before it's like just being able to sit down and listen to music for the sake of listening to music it's like i have to actively find the time to do that um, oh, hold on to, to preface because we were we were talking about that before we were recording. So oh, yeah. uh, long and short of it, I was saying that it's hard for me sometimes to compile these lists because it's I don't really we we get advanced promo copies of stuff. And then, you know, if I'm going to talk to someone like, you know, with the dark tranquility thing, like not only am I listening to the new stuff, but I'm going back and listening to the old stuff. So it's almost like damn with discography discussion where you're not really listening to you're not listening to it for an enjoyment sake. You're listening to it because you're looking for talking points and more so for what we do on this show. I'm listening to music, looking for something where I go, Oh, here's an interesting talking point that we can discuss. And that someone, someone who may be a fan of the band will find interesting. Yeah. And then I also have to find abstract things that haven't been beaten to death, presumably in the middle of a press cycle. So I and I think Dan's kind of the same way because of how he has to listen to music for his show. You don't get to listen to it. And the common sentiment he always says is when you're listening to this, when these records drop, yeah, it may be fine. But when you're listening to 15 years worth of albums 
back to back to back to back, you know, over the course of a day. Like when I listened to the Acacia strain, I listened to their whole discography in one day and yeah, it blends and bleeds together really badly at times, but that's the difference between having the ability to listen to everything all at once versus having the slow progression of something and seeing it gradually happening. Whereas when you yeah. get it all at once, you're like, yeah, I mean, you got, it didn't, I don't know. It all sounds the same. And then you changed on like the eighth record. Like what the fuck? But <laughs> we just don't get to listen to music. I don't think doing what we do. And I, I feel like the same is going to happen now that when you start touring and so forth, you're probably going to start getting away from, being into heavier music if you aren't already not into it because you're going to be surrounded by that when you start when touring becomes a thing again to where you're gonna be like i want to get the fuck far away from what we do so it's going to make you the only bands that you're probably going to really like other than them as people are going to be the things that really shine through and mm -hmm. i think that's the thing when trying to compile my list is i was like what really spoke to me like yeah is like misery signals is the one record that spoke to all of us and i guarantee if we talked about it more in depth we'd find that there are completely different reasons like i feel like i connected with it a lot more because of getting to know and talk to all the dudes for the last three and a half especially jesse for the last three and a half years not doing this so i knew a lot more of the things that were going on so when i hear the record i'm like oh i remember when jesse was telling me these things uh you know when dan was talking about the ghost inside it i know i've said this on the podcast and i think i even said it when andrew was on the show I got to listen to that final mix with Andrew in his office, like with the album cranked as shit and him telling me stories as I'm like, Oh, this part's cool. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Like when we were in the studio, we'll, you know, whatever. So to me, I've only very recently been able to listen to that record because of him telling me the stories and some of the emotion that clearly is on that record. I wasn't ready to go and listen to that record because of, so much of the things that I've learned from doing this side of things. And so as such, it's doing the podcast is kind of ruined listening to music for me. Cause I feel like I either need, I'm looking for something so I can talk about it or more to the point I'm looking and listening to it because it's a job. And yeah, the 100% agree. Off. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's like when I book shows, booking shows will ruin shows for you. I can't go into a venue and go to a show without thinking, what is the guarantee? How much of the merch cut is the venue? <laughs> How many people are in? How I many work? Same thing with me. <laughs> like, yeah. I, can't, I can't go to shows like that with and, and have, I, I just, that now that I've kind of peeked behind the curtain and been a part of that, like, shows are ruined. And, writing about shows has kind of also in a completely different facet ruined shows because I'm looking and taking everything in because I have to write it down to make you feel like you were there. And if you weren't, or if you were there, then make you feel like you're recounting exactly what you saw. Yeah. So all three of those things have ruined music for me. So, and it's all my own fault because I wanted to go to shows for free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel you not being able to listen to music recre recreationally. Here's a, here's a question I've never asked Dan. What is a band or an album that you fucking love, but because the discography discussion has ruined it for you? Don't say Clayman. In Flames ruined Clayman for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they shot themselves in the foot with that one, but uh, I would say probably a lot of the Cannibal Corpse stuff. To be honest, because um, I I love I love I love shit like Cannibal Corpse. Uh, and even like Napalm Death, they were another one um, where it was like, I love the, I love those records. I love those bands. And I listened to those records as they came out sequentially. 
but whenever I had to listen to 14 Cannibal Corpse albums in a week, um, can you if you could just imagine how much all that sounded the same? <laughs> you know, like, and I'm trying to I'm trying to find something to say about it. You know, like John said, the talking points. Uh, it's one of the very few discography discussion episodes episodes I had to take notes on because, um, you know, I'm trying when I'm doing that show, I'm trying to. I'm trying to describe something that is kind of somewhat intangible, you know, in that like you're, you're, you're looking at like 20, 25 years of a band and you're like, this is all really great, but it all sounds the same. And I can, really can't differentiate between records. Uh, I like the overall, <laughs> like, I like the overall sound, but I like it for like, I don't know how long's an album, 45 minutes at a time or, or, you know, like, like whatever, whatever it is versus listening to it for seven hours, like straight. <laughs> and like, cause I kept falling asleep. That, that happens to me all the time. I'll like, I'll, I'll be like, I can cram three records tonight and like, I'll fall asleep in the middle of the second one. And yeah, like, it's just, it's, it's very, very frustrating. Um, but again, it's all self-inflicted and I love what I do. You know, like I'm not, complaining about that um most of the reason i started podcasting was just so that i could have some sort of roadmap for what i was going to listen to and what i was going to be a fan of and, and and stuff like that because i think i think in this day and age with with streaming and all of that stuff uh we have somewhat like um option paralysis where there's just so many things that we can listen to and so many things that we can get into uh yeah that, it just kills it. Like it kills it for me. Like whenever I open up Spotify and like, I don't have like a discography discussion episode to prep for or something like that. I'm like, what do I do? Like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what do I want to listen to? You know? And, um, it's a first world problem, like a hundred percent, but like it's, um, it, but it, it can be very frustrating, um, to, to not have some sort of like roadmap, but even once I had the roadmap, I'm like still not happy. So like, what does that say about me? You know, like it just, it doesn't matter what you do. It's, um, you're just never going to be happy with it, Crystal but, um, done, dude. I'm good. <laughs> you can go do that. You let, you let me know. Um, Grayson, did you get all yours out? Uh, I think I have or two more. We like more. totally derail you. Yeah, we totally derailed you after one. I'm oh, you're sorry. good. Um, you know, so yeah, so misery signals was one. Uh, second of all, um, uh, the second one actually is quite surprising both to me and probably everyone who knows me. The second one I would actually have to say is the new Taylor Swift album. Really? Nice. Yeah, and 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 I never thought I'd say that. I I I've never actually sat down and listened to it by myself. Uh, my girlfriend's a huge Taylor Swift fan, and uh, we 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 yeah. So we pre-ordered the vinyl. It's still not in, but like I heard her. Like I just heard it in the house. But like she played it a lot when it came out. Um, and I remember listening to some of it and being like, "Do you know, like this is actually really good." And it's for the same reason where like I used to not really be into singer songwriter stuff because all I'd be hearing is like, you know, Jack Johnson and things like that. But the moment I heard City in Color, I was like, now that I can get down with. Yeah. It's kind of like the same, the same sort of thing with this Taylor Swift record compared to all of her other ones. It's like this one just kind of just felt more it's 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 deeper, it feels a little bit more personal and it gets really into like that folky singer songwriter like minor sort of area you know and so i don't know like 
Yeah. I think, I don't know. I feel like ever since really, really since Red, <laughs> that's when my wife really started getting into to Taylor Swift. So we're uh-huh. going on almost eight years now. Like at least like in the beginning, like the first like three records up until Red, where she was, she was writing her own shit. And then from red on, it was more like instead of writing and being a writer, it was more like, I'm going to like, and I'm fine with collabing. If you want to write with other songwriters, that's cool. Cause like sometimes it makes your ideas better, but mm-hmm. it just seems like she got away from what I liked about her, which was writing songs that at the core had a band kind of dynamic to it. Like it felt like it always started with an acoustic and her jamming ideas and, and having, you know, coming up with melodies and so forth. Whereas now it's like, the big machines behind her. And I just, I feel like she as a songwriter has been lost and the message that she typically had working for her as, you know, as a up and coming woman in the music scene, especially sort of that folky country, whatever scene that it's lost when you put a pop sheen on it to mm-hmm. me. But yeah. I don't know. I, I know. It, I know people watching this or listening to this later on will probably be like Taylor Swift. What the fuck? But <laughs> I always admired her as a musician and as a songwriter. And I feel like she's gotten away from what made her strengths. I feel like, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that that's kind of, you know, like one of the things that I really liked or I was getting out of this record is like, I felt like it was more kind of that singer songwriter, like her and a guitar. Of course she collaborated with like Bonnie Vare, but at that point it's like, okay. Yeah. Like that's fine. You know what I mean? It just, it, it felt, I don't know when I heard it, it just felt very genuine and personal and, and I don't know, just like more, more my style, you know, and that's kind of like what kind of turned my head to it. And so that I thought that was really good. Um, the final one that I'll say has, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll pull, you know, a little bit um, of what you, you guys were doing. Uh, this one has not come out yet, but um, mm-hmm. the, uh, the new uh i want to plug the new kingdom of giants record um because that one i mean even just from hearing the singles um i just feel like that one's going to be really really rad and the stuff that they've been doing uh like with these new singles has just been really good and it makes me really excited for for the the record to come out in two days actually so um yeah nice guys too like uh super nice guys yeah super nice guys shout out to dana and, and, and truman yeah uh, yeah dana dana was actually a camera operator for our empire video mm-hmm. yep so well, that's awesome yeah well, those gentlemen, are we, those we are mine it. yeah we did it we, 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 we survived all the sidetracks we just we, we survived all <laughs> the side roads um but no, this is this is a lot of fun. I love just talking music. That's that's literally the best part about doing this is getting getting other opinions, other ideas, um, and even for me, a couple of records that I haven't heard yet that I need to check out. You know, um, I wonder if that the, guy who got stung by fire ants made a record. I don't know, <laughs> but I bet the screams are sick. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, they're the most you know, genuine actually, screamed vocals you've ever heard. <laughs> Here's like a weird question I'll throw to you guys because I know you guys are probably ensconced in this potentially with extra avenues for press for the band. Dan and I have talked on occasion of doing a 
I don't know if it would be a weekly playlist or whatever, but just creating a playlist of stuff that either, you know, based on whoever we're talking to, maybe things that we're, we're talking about or artists we're talking about, like with this being, you know, we'd put together, you know, we maybe if we were forward thinking instead of doing these things so last minute on occasion, but, you know, would get your top five lists or, you know, I would create a top five list and then ask you to pick a song from the records that you picked or whatever, and then basically throw it into a weekly playlist. Do you feel like that's something that people actually give a shit about is, you know, especially for like a podcast, like if we created a playlist of, hey, here's what we're listening to this week. Like, do you think people would be like, oh, that's really cool because we get to know more of these people. But more like Dan was saying, oh, I'm finding new music. Maybe I wouldn't have been exposed to because that's not in my wheelhouse. Or do you think it's all just kind of pretentious? (laughs) I mean, I, I think I think that that would be interesting. I know that like as a listener, you know, if I'm listening to a podcast or whatever of, of, uh, you know, whatever bands I'm into, like talking about things, of course, like from the musical aspect, you're wondering like what inspires you. So you can like try to, you know, see into their soul and like how they write music and stuff like that. But even outside of that, it's like, I, I think that that would be interesting just to see like, Oh, like, you know, what is there? What do they listen to? You know, what, what, what makes them tick musically? I don't know. You know, we might I mean. have the most fucked up list if we did that because Dan be like, "Oh, I was listening to Gore Guts," and then I'd be like, "And I was, li- <laughs> I was listening to to the new Juice World record." And people would be like, "Where's the?" <laughs> Where's the I will, I will say this. Um, the on discography discussion when we do the album of the week at the end of the, it's like it's so cheese. And the very first time we did it. Uh, or Joe threw that out like what's your guys' album of the week or whatever I was like dude that is so cheese like we do not need that um, but it has absolutely been like almost every other email that we get in for that podcast is hey um, yo I checked out your album of the week last week and uh, it was really awesome and now I'm like really into that band or whatever um, so I'd say you know taking that putting it into a playlist something like that putting it into a playlist I think could actually be pretty pretty effective yeah i i think it's i mean whether you're a podcast or a band or even an actor or an actress like i i think putting together more content for people to check out is just a good i mean what else is anybody going to do right now you know what i mean true so like i mean it's just kind of like uh i know for me that whenever i get into a band uh and maybe they've been around for, you know, two or three records. And for whatever reason, I just didn't catch on to them until later. And then it's like, Oh sweet. Now I've got all these interviews and, you know, like studio updates that I can watch just to like kind of pick their brains and whatnot. And, you know, that's, that's for the hardcore music fan, but that's, you know, that's who it's aimed for. And, uh, you know, the more I feel like, folks like you know the artists uh podcasters etc the more that they do that the more you're connecting to your audience so i guess that's a long way of me saying like it doesn't hurt yeah yeah absolutely no it's been cool and i think that even like something like this even though we you know we basically just sat here and talked about records for two hours um to somebody that you know gets into light worker tomorrow they're going to listen to the whole, they're going to listen all the way through my fire ant story and, you know, all like all that stuff, because it's going to be so much more effective for them to hear what your guys' favorite records were this year ver- versus me or John, just sitting there doing a stock interview with you guys being like, so, um, 
what are your guys's influences you know or like beer yeah just so much beer just so much yeah like, fire ants yeah, fire. yeah, a little mixture of beer and fire ants is, is pretty much what inspired us. Uh, the song "Empire" is actually based off of the uh, the, the film "Empire of Ants." So- <laughs> <laughs> the decline of that empire. Yeah, we just Basically, like, we just, you know, just <laughs> we just thought about that movie Joe's Apartment, but instead of cockroaches that talk to us, it was fire ants, and we just yeah. thought about what that would be like. <laughs> It literally uh, takes place in Joe's apartment. <laughs> right here. Live. Right here. You guys are seeing it. Uh, World exclusive. Well, guys, if thanks you don't, so much. If you don't do a concept record next album about uh, being in a fire ant colony and the processor. <laughs> I haven't bought it yet, but I want my money back. Yeah. If, if it's not. <laughs> uh, thanks for having us, guys. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, um, we will. Uh, what are we gonna do? Drop this. We'll drop it in the so the video will be available for all the people that didn't get to watch it tonight. Um, the audio will time. probably go up as of right now. We have uh the episode in the middle Kyle of Kyle yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, we just have the Kyle Conkeel episode, I think, in in front of this one for the live. Okay, cool, cool. Sweet. So cool. we'll be up so, in like two weeks. Rock and roll. Yeah, just right, let sweet. us let us know. Absolutely. Well, yeah.